0: Times. the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise.
1: Well, now you have two.
0: Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another amazing episode of your Heroes of Noise. I am one half of this dynamic duo. My name is Steve. Hey, hey, what's going on? My name is Dan and welcome to episode 120
2: didn't say 119 on the last one because it was going to be a bonus episode, but you know what? I changed my mind. Welcome to episode 120. Steve, what's going on? How you doing today? Life is good. I missed you that last episode, bro. Yeah, I know. I tried to get you, but you were like, fuck no, I don't want to do that. That's pretty much what he said, <laughs> but he doesn't cuss. So he used some, some like flip or flarn. I don't know what he said, but it was something like that that equated to the F word. But he didn't want to do it. So but it was, I understand, it was, though. That was a rough show.
0: <laughs> no, it was fantastic.
2: Did you listen, Steve?
0: Listen,
2: bro. He yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't listen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, what's going on? You've been here long enough to know. The people that listen know. Steve didn't listen. But good morning. I don't want to start off that way because we've got a guest today, Steve. I don't know if you're aware of that, if you've been paying attention to what's been going on, the fact that maybe I couldn't get a word in edgewise for the last 10 minutes prior to recording. But there's a good reason for that because we have a guest, ladies and gentlemen, friend of Steve's. I feel like you should do the introduction this time, Steve. I think it would be better coming
0: from the heart. Okay. This person I'm about to introduce is one of the most talented people that I've ever met in my life. I knew him when he was a young man. There's a place you can go. And um, he was an incredible bass player. Turns out he's an amazing songwriter, amazing singer, amazing rapper, amazing battle rapper. He's the man, the myth, the legend, one of the most uh, driven people I've ever met. The dude, Daniel Dominguez going on Daniel?
3: <laughs> How's it going? It's good to hear you guys again. I missed you. I think we could just end that on a high note and then put all the banter at the beginning, edit it over to the <laughs> end. And uh,
2: He's like, you know what? I think I've given you enough of my time. Just take the rest of it and put it together. Frankenstein that shit.
3: Yo, y'all really gassed me like that. I appreciate that, man. Wow.
2: <laughs> Dude, welcome to the show, man. Because like Steve's been talking about you for, gosh, I guess the last couple of years. And I hear the name and it's weird. You know, it's a small town we live in. This is the first time we're actually meeting up. See, here's the deal. I feel like I'm going to have to take a back seat on this one because you you guys have history. (laughs) Did you hear that? He's been listening. He knows what's up. You guys have history and I want to hear what's up. So I'm just going to start this right away. Daniel, how do you meet Steve Hudson? Where does the union happen? And like, why are you here now? Like what's, what's going on? Talk to me, dude.
3: Let me try to give you the abridged. So, uh, it's 2005, Steve. Yes. Yeah, dude. Yep. Dang. Okay, so it's like 2005, and I'm doing the band thing. I'm starting to get into rap production. I think I know everything because I'm like 20 years old. And uh, my mom actually works at this place with a singer, and the singer is looking for a bass player. And bass is one of the things that I've done between the ages of 15 and 20. So I'm like, I could play bass on anything. I could do anything. And they're like, it's gospel. And I'm like, the black church music? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I love that stuff. I don't like church, but I like that. So I drive to Madeira and I audition to play for a band with no equipment and no ability to read music, only an ear and some proportionate hands to my five, six frame. And I hit it off with these people. And the band director happens to be the actual man, Steve, the actual dude. If if I'm the dude, he's the man. And so that's how we met, and they took me under their wing. They taught me how to be an actual musician, and I don't think I'm the songwriter or anything without their influence, and namely Steve, who really had all kinds of patience with me and taught me how to be a musician. I'm catching feels. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll go back to roasting you later, but that's real.
2: I like that because, see, that's the thing, and I'm being serious when I say this. People don't get that side of Steve, so it's kind of nice because, you know what? Honestly, I don't get that side of Steve, so I'm very curious to know who a little bit more about the man they call Steve Hudson, not just Steve Hudson from Heroes of Noise because, honestly, I think that's all I know, Steve. Is that true?
0: That's not true. Well, the thing is, the only reason... I didn't mean to
2: you- sound like an insult. I'm no. just saying, like, there's there's many sides to the 20-sided diet, like both of you, actually, and I've only been exposed to one side piece.
0: Yeah, uh, we... um <laughs> We It's funny because uh, I, truthfully, when we started that band, I was in my Stevie Wonder mode. So all my bass lines were so difficult that when Keisha was like, I found a bass player, I'm like, did you though? Did you <laughs> though? But Daniel came in and there was no, hey, Daniel, just play it like this. He'd be like, no, I want to play it exactly the way you have it. On the CD. And so he would just stay there and learn every single bass line I did on the CD. Every single one, the way it was played. I'm like, how is he doing this? Like, I didn't know he could. I didn't know someone could do it. And he did it. He came in and did it. It's
3: crazy. To, to be fair, I didn't know I could do it. <laughs> you, did. <laughs> you did
0: it. You did it. Like, you did all those riffs and runs. And I was like, man, this dude, this kid. And I, I genuinely thought, I'm like, oh, he's going to go on to be the baddest bass player in California. And so when we reconnected later and it was like, yeah, I play, but I do this other thing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know he could do that. I didn't know he could do that. I didn't know he could do any of these things. I was like, man, we should have utilized him a lot more. We should have had him writing songs and crap.
3: Oh, no. But at that time, I was not even on your guys' level. There's no way.
0: Uh, Here's the thing, dude. We weren't on our level. I think I faked my way through that first CD. Dude,
3: there's no I way, dude. It. There, there is no way. My-
0: Okay, stop th- for one
2: second, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, Steve, I know about the Keisha CD that you talked about. Keisha, right? Yeah. So you're on
3: that one too, Daniel? No.
2: Okay, okay, just making sure. He's Trying in the Trying to get the timeline straight. I have in
3: the, the video. video. <laughs> he is in the
1: video.
3: <laughs> I fulfilled the, the Cholo quota. Gee, oh, you, nice. you
0: were grooving and Keisha was like, you gotta be in the video, Steve? I'm like... <laughs> you weren't in the video? No. Why not? Uh, I don't know. I just I was like, I did the music. That's all. You love
3: being difficult. That's messed up. You could have sat next to me and Leonard, man.
0: Ah, that's right, Leonard. Yeah, we. I could have, because y'all was, I don't even know how it was shot. I don't know who had the, I didn't know any of that. She just was like, well, it was done. It's done. We rented out a skate, re, a skating rink. I'm like, Jesus.
3: Yeah, I wasn't at were, that part. I was at the house party part.
0: You were 20 that, at that time, Daniel?
3: Uh, t- between 20 and 21, yeah.
0: Holy crap, dude. And you were straight edge then
3: yeah man if you're not now you never were what do you mean
0: daggone look at this guy do you know what straight edge is dan to some degree Uh, i can't say
2: that obviously that i've done that i failed miserably but um it's a cult yeah it's a cult well it's like okay i know that there's like a hardcore movement that's straight edge too right
3: where it came from yeah
2: Yeah, that's where it came up. But but there's obviously like a philosophy that goes with it. So which to me has always been on the most simplest form, no alcohol, no cigarettes, nothing to poison your body, basically. Right. And I'm sure there's a whole other like mindset that goes with it. I'm the wrong one to ask. I don't know.
3: Well, it's like, yeah, no, no drink, no smoke, no drugs is the basic. Uh, There's going to be a bunch of other people detracting and saying, oh, no, this, no, that. Oh, definitely. No, this. Oh, this is okay Sometimes I'm not playing that game, bro. I've been doing this since I was 16 more of my life, I have tattoos older than some of these new Jacks. So no one can tell me anything like that, but Mm -hmm. like, that's the basic of it. But the main thing is it's a lifetime commitment. So it's not a diet. It's not, I was straight edge, not I'm going to be straight edge for Lent. It's a lifetime commitment.
2: Is that where the vegan comes into?
3: Uh, I just like cults apparently, man. Like it's really what it is. (laughs) So there was, was some older straight edgers when I was a youngster that, uh, Kind of influenced me and they were like well yeah if you're straight edge that's dope but you actually need to use your clarity of mind to bring good things to the world and good things around you and to do less harm and that's where vegan straight edge comes together and it's its own movement that combines the two but it's also a mindset and a lot of it actually expands beyond like I said a diet or abstaining from different certain things but more about justice and being on the right side of justice so like there's like racism in the scene is very much not not even tolerated, not even a little bit. A lot of the political correct type stuff that certain groups are getting really annoyed with right now, I was hearing that back in 2004, 2003 from the PC vegan straight edge kids. But like they had facts behind it. It wasn't just like this is offensive. It was like, yo, historically, this is dumb and you're on the wrong side of it right now, homie. So straighten up. So that's kind of how those things work.
0: You were so... Okay, I didn't know this, Dan, but apparently... Daniel was way ahead of me politically at, I was like 30 at the time, dude. And, or, and, and, well, yeah, about 30. At
3: the That's time. why I was so weird, dude. And you guys still put up with me. I appreciate you guys. No,
0: dude, you were so, cause I remember when we had to go, uh, we had to go eat and you were like, I'm vegan. And in my brain, I was like, you can't eat anything but plants then in my brain.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, in a way.
0: And. So when it happened that you were, you know, I, I, we never talked politics, really. We never really got into politics, but I'm talking about within the last year, I text Daniel and I'm like, capitalism is garbage. And he texts me. He's like, yeah, welcome to the the boat on that one. G. I was like, oh, oh, you've been, I didn't know that you were there at all. I thought I was saying something crazy risky to you. And you were like, dude, come on.
2: See, so it starts out as whispers. <laughs>
3: you know no, seriously it's
2: like whispers basically man with, with yes. people and now people are starting to get hip to this shit so now it's not so much of a whisper anymore we're just catching up with where he was
3: yes. funny callback on that i learned all that from being in the hardcore scene the, which it relates to the punk rock scene so the vegan and straight edge communities they're they're hip to everything and they're the ones whispering you know five years ten years ahead of things
2: This goes back to like DC hardcore, like uh, Ian McKay or something like that from Minor Threat. He was straight edge. Is that the same thing? Just a newer generation?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, they they kind of credit him for starting the whole movement. And then you could watch tons of interviews on him on how he feels about that. So like, yeah, he was kind of the the Hulk Hogan to, you know, the WWE for that whole deal. Mm. Good analogy. But people took hold of it and it's really just taking its own life. It's a trip. It's really a trip. Sometimes I look at my tattoos and my life and body work and I'm like, wow, I'm really just a part of this thing that I got into when I was a kid because I needed to belong to something. I have family members that are in gangs and stuff, and that wasn't really the life for me. And I need, I didn't belong as a kid and going to hardcore shows and punk shows, that was kind of cool. But like, I still didn't really associate with all the stuff, the straight edge thing. The vegan thing was like something to belong to. Yeah. That's kind of like a. there's a lot of people like me who took on the, that whole mindset, you know. But, yeah, Ian McKay was the dude that started the thing. But I don't think he started it to have dudes tattooing the word straight edge across their stomach at Fresno Tattoo at the age of 18, you know.
2: Yeah. By <laughs> a Peckerwood name,
3: by, you know, <laughs> by an old jail dude. Yeah. I don't think that's what his outlook was.
2: <laughs> what was your first introduction to hardcore?
3: It's always hip hop, dude. I was freestyling with some, some local kids. I went to Clovis West High with a bunch of white kids. And the kids that I knew that were into hip hop, there's a group of them that were also hardcore kids. And I was freestyling with them one day and they're like, you should come watch our band play. We're like Slipknot and I'm like, oh, that headbanger stuff, that's weird. And I went to one and I went to one at the Elements, which was a Christian nightclub in Tower District, right on Olive. I remember that place. Yep. I went there and they'd have all ages shows. I went to go see my buddy's band play. And from the first one, I was hooked. I wanted to go to every single one. I started hanging out with them mostly.
2: May I ask, was it the music that got you? Was it just the scene in general? Was it everyone throwing kicks and shit like that?
3: Yeah, I mean, their kid tested, mother approved. So there's that. But <laughs> my kicks are at least.
2: <laughs> Give me two seconds to get that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Steve, tell him catch up, man. <laughs>
2: I know I'm telling you, I gotta wake up a little bit.
0: People are like
1: this is life. This was life.
3: Steve did you wrong, too, because he's he's letting you be the straight character and do all the, the do all the heavy lifting because you know he nope. can't keep it straight.
2: Ain't nothing new there, Daniel. <laughs>
0: here's the here's the funny part. Here's the funny part. Talking to Daniel, like this this hardcore stuff, I told I knew Dan Dan was gonna be more of the because I still don't get it. Like when I when I, I, I've been on the show, I think you've probably heard me say. And Dan's had to correct me being like, that's not the same sort of music. This is true. Dan's like, it's just totally different music that you're listening. I'm like, no, he sings this sort of music. And Dan is like, that's not true. And I'm sure if you called him and asked him, he'd say, that's not true.
2: But for the record, it's not like, that's my scene. You know what I mean? Like I've been to hardcore shows. There's been hardcore bands that I've been into, but that's not my particular scene. So I'm, I'm curious about it too. But I can tell you, you can't really lump in, say, as you used to call it, death metal with hardcore. I mean, there's so many different, genres in metal if you even want to call hardcore metal which i wouldn't that i mean it's got metal you know there's some properties to it if you will but like
3: it can get so nerdy right now i don't know if, if yeah. the, the, the listening audience is Between, ready yeah,
0: yeah please do
2: <laughs> <laughs> i can think of like three people that'll be into it i'm down
0: that, but that's so, what she said oh you know what i'm so sorry <laughs>
3: i'm so sorry
0: <laughs> here's the thing here's the thing like I, I think when i hear that sort of music it all combines together to be like, oh, this is that thing Daniel said. <laughs> and Dan's like, nah, no, it's not. He'll show me a song. I'll be like, oh, yeah, uh, the Daniel music. He's like, no, no, not at all. That's not it at all. He does this.
3: Can I say you're both right? Please. Here's why. So, and this calls back to your question of like, what got me into it? It was everything. Like, like I said, I was um, 15, I think, when I went to my first show, something like that. So I was a sophomore in high school and I was kind of outcasted with my group of friends anyways. And there was a bunch of people that everybody was kind of an individual and I was striving for individualism in a group setting. You know what I mean? Totally. And this was a place where like, yeah, it was clicky and it was still a bunch of weirdness, but like there was a lot of freedom there. And what really got it was I was a hip hop head. Every song had these things called breakdowns and breakdown. A breakdown is basically a rap beat. And so when I heard my first breakdown, I got the chills and I was like, what is this? It sounded like these bands were playing seven songs, but really they were only playing one or two and because the songs would change up. So my little ADD brain was just in heaven. There was just so much for me to soak in. And it was this whole other world. That I was really happy to jump right into because I wasn't happy where I was at. I was, like I said, like a kind of an outcasted kid. And the only group that really took me in were the hardcore kids. And they were all 100% themselves. And that's what it was there, you know?
2: And I've heard that story so many times, dude. I'm not saying it's like cliche. I'm saying I think that's where a lot of people come from. They want that sense of community. Yeah. They don't feel like they can really gel with any one particular group, but then they find this group of like misfits that fits their you know, it fits their beliefs and everything like that. And I think that's, I mean, it's the same thing for me. It's like, I was down with the metal kids in school. Same yeah. thing. Didn't really feel like I could relate to anybody. Had long hair. Not a lot of people had long hair. And I start I just looked for the, for the Slayer shirts, you know, and that's <laughs> where it was.
3: That's pretty yeah. much how it
2: happened, man. You know? And I, I think that's just, and that at its, you know, at this minimal level is that sense of community. You're just striving to find a set of people that you can hang out with, with like minds that you can have fun with and not feel like a loser.
3: Right, so like the the like mindedness is wild because the the stream of consciousness that, that a lot of people subscribe to there is this freedom of expression and this whole idea of like, look, as long as you're not oppressing somebody or putting somebody down, do you do your art? So if you're a hardcore band, you could sound like so many different things, and that's the cool thing about hardcore is it's like this, it's this buffet, and it's like if you're from this area, you may be influenced by this, and if you're from this area, you may be influenced by this, and if you're this race you may be influenced by this and you bring these things in so like the band I went to go see they liked Slipknot but they're a hardcore band because of the ideals they carried and because of how they expressed themselves and so they had some Slipknot sounding parts but then they had some other stuff in their songs and it was just like I said it was like this dope buffet you know of art and I think that's why you're both right too in saying and Steve saying well this is what Daniel does because chances are whatever he's listening to I'm I'm probably influenced by in one way or another but you also can't really put a pin on it so Dan you're kind of right in your own way too because I'm not exactly that you know what I mean right it's like calling a buffet uh, a Chinese food restaurant
0: Jesus that would be horrible
3: yeah <laughs> Can I get a Don Demarco? See, I just called Don back DeMarco. too. Can I, Jesus. I? I called back too to us. Me being vegan and going to eat with you guys.
0: We did go to a. Uh, I forgot we went to an Asian buffet. Ooh. Oh my! That was good too. I still remember that. You ate fries, oh, y'all.
3: wilding, dude, that was not. Just, uh, I think Jeez. it was Leonard because Leonard was my my youngster. So me and him were, were like like the the young clique, and yeah. like he was not having it, dude. <laughs> but he was so polite. He's such a sweet dude. He well, Yes. Do you,
0: and, and the funny thing is I, uh, that was when I was like, you can eat that? You can eat this? And seeing you, uh, mind you, I never thought I'd be vegetarian even. Ever. I did. And so, see, did you really? Oh, yeah. What made you think that? Cult
3: leaders know who they could pick out real quick, <laughs> bro.
2: harming yeah. you, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> dude, it, it's so funny because it, it, it All it took was one thing to click where someone was like, uh, I ble- I believed in animal rights. And they're like, don't you eat meat? I'm like, yeah. They're like, well, then you can't believe in animal rights. And I said, that's ridiculous. And the more I thought about it, I was like, wait a minute.
3: Who told you that?
0: It's a per- Like a random person where we were just talking. It wasn't even a friend. And I was like, I believe in animal rights. And she's like, don't you eat meat? It was a woman. She's like, don't you eat meat? I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, then you can't believe in animal
3: I mean, you can believe in it. You're just not practicing it, <laughs> which is a recurring it, it, theme in the world, actually.
0: Dude, listen. And I got home. I was like,
2: that's very true, man. People, there's lots of things that people acknowledge. They just don't follow. They, they just don't don't practice. Don't
0: believe- yeah. I remember that. Remember that old quote? They're like, I can't hear what you're saying because your actions are so loud. Ooh. Again, I was like, oh, dude, that's one of those where I actually thought like, I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. And since I. You know, and that bleeds into, as Dan knows, into everything where I'm just like, well, where does it stop? Like I, if I see a, if I see a bug or anything, I'll catch it and take it outside. And when people stomp on them and like, say they're vegan and they stomp on them, I'm like, well, where does animals stop? When does life not matter? Then, Yeah, and that's true. where my whirlwind goes Where I'm just like, if life matters, life matters.
3: right? How like, big, how small, be... how inconvenient, how inconvenient yes. is it? how threatening is it to me
0: bingo and it's and my thing is when does mercy stop you're showing mercy when yeah. I, t- I remember telling dan i'm like when you tell a kid hey save that roach you're not showing it what you're showing that kid mercy that you being bigger doesn't mean that you have to kill something
4: yeah it. i'm gonna
2: come off like a terrible person on this one so i'm just gonna <laughs> I mean,
4: say I'm just kind, kind, gonna of a recurring,
3: kind of a recurring
4: <laughs> thing
2: do it do it. It's always me, right? Now dad,
0: why are you going to be a t- terrible
3: person?
2: Because um you guys, I have two good guys that don't kill bugs and they don't eat meat and uh, I'm <laughs>
3: No, see, it's it's undetermined whether Steve kills bugs or not cuz he said he'll catch it and take it outside. So um, my guess was he was going to shoot the fair one outside with the bug like, "Look, we're not going to do this inside. We're going to do this yeah. outside like gentlemen." Oh, That's what sure. my assumption And the hand was. combat. Yeah. It's what hand.
2: you do in private. It's all for show then.
3: He like he sees a roach, he's not going to sneak it no. He's not going to be like, ooh, Kachi's slipping, homie. Like, you're no. in the wrong side of town. He's like, yo, let's go to neutral ground. Let's go outside.
0: Bingo. That, because that's how I was, like how you guys said, hey, I needed a click because I was this person and I found the hardcore group and Dan found yeah. his click." I used to kill folks in LA and it wasn't until I got NWA, I'm like, I feel like I'm part of something now.
3: So, what if a that kangaroo? Was my click. What if you caught a kangaroo in yeah. your house? Do you sneak it or shoot the fair one outside? Oh,
0: we shoot the, but it's the same, the same outcome then.
3: If a Sylvester Stallone crawls into your kitchen. Oh, gee.
0: Well, I wouldn't know if he was standing up
2: or not.
3: Oh, my it would God.
0: Be the same.
2: So then you will not make fun of certain appearances of people, <laughs> but short people, it's okay to make fun of. Is that what you're saying, Steve?
0: If someone's going to fight me, I got a clown, bro.
2: I mean, just where does the line fall? You know, like I remember you corrected That's yourself true. a couple episodes you're ago right. when you were talking about how you felt like you insulted Kevin Smith's wife but now you're insulting you now you've threatened true. first of all you've threatened Sylvester Stallone publicly threatened, him threatened him. with violence I have. Uh,
3: I have I don't I don't know if it's actually a threat
2: and now you're short shaming him um
0: you know that was mean that was harsh
2: we might have short people in our audience that are taking offense to this right now
3: so hold on let me sort this out because I've been listening yes. Uh huh. so he can catch a beat down but you won't say mean things to him
0: bingo that's what I should. I shouldn't say mean things to a person.
2: Are you apologizing with each punch?
0: Um,
3: he sounds scared of him actually is what it sounds like to me.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to be neutral here, bro, like honestly, like I have no reason to take anybody's side.
0: And also, I I'm not saying we also need to clarify short shaming cuz it we already d- determined we don't know what short is. Where's the barrier? Like I think tall is could be anything over like five two five three. Technically, that could be tall. To
3: who? Look at him uh-huh. backtracking. I love this so part. scared of Sylvester Stallone. I love this part.
0: I don't want to be mean. You're right. I need to reshape how I think about people in general.
2: You backtrack on your backtracking.
0: I'm backsliding on my backsliding. You're right. Uh, I won't call Sylvester Stallone short, but I will say that he can catch these hands at any given moment.
3: You'd have to throw him down to him, though, is what you're saying.
0: I'm not saying. I'm not going to. I'm not short shaming.
2: You're so easy, Steve.
3: It, it, facts are facts. And if you're taller than him, then you're taller than him.
0: I don't know. I don't know his height. I will say that I don't know his height. If only there was a way that we could look that up.
1: <laughs>
0: ah,
2: it's a pipe dream.
0: Well, people, you know, the thing is, like I said, we don't know what short is. Some people call themselves short, and I'm like, you're not short.
2: I've been called short. Same. By who? By tall people.
0: Well, see, that's not fair. Like, what Are they like 6'5"? Uh, some of them. Stallone is
3: 5'10". No, he's not. not That must be his build height. There's no way he's 5'10". There's no way. Did you
2: notice my hesitation when I read that? I'm like, I don't think he's (laughs) 5'10". I really don't. I would say, I would guess he's probably around like
0: 5'6", 5'7". 5'7 is fair.
3: I've heard other celebrities say he's 5'3", but they say it in a condescending way. So he's probably 5'6", because I like to think I'm the same size as Sylvester Stallone, and that'd be tight. Which means... That I could be your sparring partner. Oh, snap!
0: <laughs> oh, That's crazy. But I'd be too nice to you, Daniel.
3: Oh, we can change that.
0: I, well, if you were like, if you started doing some of your battle rap bars on me, I'd be like, okay, we gotta, we're gonna He'd
3: go be out. applauding. <laughs> That's false. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh uh, Daniel, would you be mad if, like, we clipped on one of your battle raps to the end of the show?
3: I'm not a fan of my battle raps, actually.
0: Why not? Okay, do you remember a bar from your battle rap?
3: Uh, yes, it. I'll Nibby try Nibby. to remember it, okay, go uh <laughs> it was something about six Flags. This cat is a biter that's got no style, so it's just bad when he flows. I mean, he can't be a writer and he's got no lines like six Flags when it's closed.
1: <laughs> that's a good line
3: <laughs> that's what it was. Yo, that shit's like ten years old. <laughs>
0: And people were like, oh,
3: I got a couple O's. And then I got it like one of my homies that was like a prominent MC at the time. He called me and he's like, yo, people don't even understand how dope that is. And I'm like, tell me why it's so dope. And he's like, because you said writer, like writer, like a thug. But you said writer, like writer, like somebody who writes. But you also said writer, like you're in line for Six Flags. And I'm like, yeah, I did both of those things.
0: Did you mean all those things for real or no?
3: Sometimes. (laughs)
0: So
2: sometimes (laughs) they're accident and I just uh, go with it.
3: (laughs) You shoot for two, but if you get three, like (laughs) go for it.
2: Own that three. Yeah.
3: That's an, I think that's an and one. Like that's an and one for sure.
0: Another question about battle rap. How nervous are you before you're
3: announced? Dude, 10 years ago, extremely nervous, but I played it off like crazy. And I used to stare holes into my opponents, usually bigger than me. And You realize that these fools are just as nervous and usually least less prepared.
2: Did you ever get stage fright?
3: Yes. Define stage fright.
2: Like you're almost not wanting to go on stage. Maybe you're gagging. I gagged before karaoke. You know what I'm saying? Like I just feel like I'm gonna physically throw up before I do it. That's that's me though. That's why I'm more comfortable behind a microphone sitting down than like on stage. You know, you're knowing you're gonna go up and you're gonna do battle rapping right now. Plus, you got to be seen by a bunch of people on stage. How nervous are you?
3: You guys talking about it's already bringing back old nerves.
0: (laughs) So you did get kind of like, oh, my God, what am I doing?
3: I I had to take a couple walks a couple times, usually when I was less prepared. Because that's the thing is you don't want to choke. There's a couple battles where I had like sponsors. So I'm wearing other people's clothes. Like, hey, where my brand in this battle?
2: You don't choke in someone's brand.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And you don't like you can lose. But the other thing is, like, uh, there's a lot of tension there. So sometimes people will say some real dumb stuff. And you have to just take it, you know?
0: Oh, like racist stuff, huh?
3: Racist stuff, stuff about your uh, loved ones.
0: Oy, oy, oy. It got
3: it got wild. Did you ever get mad? Uh, not during a battle that I was in.
2: Driving home thinking about what they said? <laughs>
3: no, 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 no. Because no. I win. Like, so why would there I be mad?
2: Look at this guy. Now I know why you hang out with Steve. You guys have very similar.
3: <laughs> no. Okay. Check this out. When Sylvester Stallone beats the s- the <laughs> snot out of Steve, do you think he's going to be mad that Steve scratched his chest while he was beating the snot out of him? That's a good point. That might have been the hardest scratch Steve could muster.
5: Hey, anybody
2: got any neo spawn for this race on my chest right here?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, dude, every time I watch Battle Rap... Like, I'm like, A, how do you memorize three verses? Because that's memorizing three, three like,
3: songs. You're writing a song for a dude, and it's weird.
0: Gee, that's crazy. If someone told me, hey, Steve, what song do you know the best in your life? What rap song? And I'd be like, this song. And they say, okay, all you have to do is recite all three of those verses flawlessly while people interrupt you with clapping. I'd be like, oh, I couldn't even do that. And I know this song like the back of my hand. And I don't know if I get stopped if I could remember where I was. If people overreact to the point that like, you didn't think a line was going to catch that reaction and it throws you off. I don't know if I could go back to what I was doing. And so seeing these guys do this flawlessly, like people like conceited folks that could just start where they stopped. You know what I'm saying? That got that thing calico in them. And I'm like, look at, look at Daniel up there being like, yeah, nothing's going to stop my flow.
3: It's muscle memory first. But second, nobody knows the song. So if you need to change a couple of things, it's okay.
0: But you have to be dope to change a few things and still finish that, all that.
3: You just got to push through it, man.
0: <laughs> I have a question.
2: Steve, do you think you could go up against Daniel?
0: Battle rapping? Yeah. Heck no. Okay, Not wondering. a chance.
2: I like to test the limitations of your cockiness
0: Mm-mm. sometimes. I because Only because, you know, if I didn't know battle rap, I would think I could. If I didn't know battle rap. I'd be like, oh, I could do this. But having been in that culture for so long, I know, oh, it is one of the hardest things you can do. Like what Dave Matthews band is doing up on stage is not as hard as what these battle rap guys are doing. Word? It's insane. Oh, no. When you look at, look at Lux's third, bro.
3: Dude, I think it's, this is one of those specialized things where it's like, because I look at what you do, like musically, and I'm like, how on earth, how on earth? Mm -mm. But they're just hyper-focused on lyrics. That's all it is. And performance. It's two things. But a lot of these guys can't write a song. And if they put their hands on a piano, you would punch them. Oh, for sure. But them... So, you know what I'm saying? It's so specialized. You know what I mean? It's like the guy who can only shoot threes from one spot. Or a few spots.
0: Let me tell you something I've never seen on stage before. And Dan, I promise I'm going to send you the clip. Here's when, when Hollow the Dawn did that setup you're like four balls and you're like four bars and a duh, duh, duh. oh uh, yeah and he let the ball he let the crowd say kit kat and he's like see how easy it is to oh, do yeah. that that is harder than anything i've seen someone do on stage bro yeah that thing was magic
3: stand-up comedy bro it's stand-up see, comedy
0: do you know because anything could have gone wrong if no one would if the crowd wouldn't have responded he knew his crowd man gee it's quick so, that's why that's why i say it's,
3: it's you've a gotten awesome a crowd game. to sing along right
0: not that quick because if he already had the bar ready after they said something
3: oh but that well no but i mean no that was planned so planned you think so it's rhyme. it's in the rhyme scheme dude
0: i know but most people wouldn't have you he has to trust that you've listened to enough battle rap that you know the, the end of this rhyme
3: if you're paying 50 and up for tickets <laughs> to a, a smack event you know enough about battle rap.
0: So you would have said that line in the crowd.
3: Oh my God. Yeah. Sorry. Did I get too loud? <laughs> no, you're fine.
2: Hey, I have a question though. Real quick guys. I'm sorry to break up the conversation and I hate to be this guy, but I'm serious about something. We're just kind of talking about it. Like it's just like, cause it's, it's part of the norm for us. Right. I mean, at least I understand what you guys are talking about, but there might be people out there that don't know what the fuck we're talking about right now. So do you guys have one good reference that I could uh, pull up real quick? I
0: would say, whoo, hoo. Oh,
3: I'm interested man. I'm to hear what Steve said. I'm interested to hear what Steve says.
0: Oh, dude. I wouldn't pull up a reference. I would say go to... Um, I would say for a good reference of what Battle Rap is. I know what Daniel's thinking because for me, no, there's certain... <laughs> okay, I, that's true. I don't.
1: <laughs> for me,
0: it's rough because I would tell people to look at a, a, a battle, but the only reason I would say that, I'd be like, oh, crap, but it was this round. The other rounds were... By the other person was trash, but it set up this crazy round by this person. I don't know what battle I would say. Go to this battle, and this is the essence of battle rap. What would you say, Daniel?
3: Honestly, I I, I may be biased because I, I was there, and I'm a big fan of both, actually. And one of them was, is a good friend of mine and lived at my house for like a year. But I'm saying Carter Deems versus Head Ice in California for tons of reasons. So first of all, the people we're by at the event uh, are Carter's friends that are like lawyers and stuff. So they're normies. They have no idea what Battle Rap's about. My lady's with me. She kind of knows what Battle Rap's about because she's just the coolest ever, but not like so much. And then you got me, an ultimate fanatic, standing with my homie Carter, who is from Atlanta. He's a white dude who graduated and passed the bar and practices law against Head Ice, who is exactly what you think he, like he is from his name. He's yeah. that his name. Uh-huh. It stands for Harlem every day, all day. I control everything. And, That's head ice. and he's the polar opposite of Carter and they mm-hmm. both have their style battle with each other and everybody has a great time. And it's a perfect mixture of relatable, but not straying so far from battle rap that it watered it down because head ice is yes. only going to be head ice. And the energy in that room, like I'm getting the chills talking about it, like was so dope. And Ruin Your Day and Avocado and that staff there, they are, to me, what anybody that wants to get into battle rap should go watch they're Ruin really Your Day dumb. and follow what they're doing. <laughs>
4: I'll make him go really dumb for There's talking Carter. slick when I put that metal in his mouth. Now that's a silver tongue. Yeah. You started battle rapping at the age of 51. <laughs> What else? Back when you were really young.
1: When you were really young. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> what you may not see is Head Ice reacting to all of it.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's definitely visuals going on here.
4: I don't act like I carry a silly gun, but my girl does, and she bang like William Hung. <laughs> <laughs> That picture in my living room, that's the one that William hung. <laughs> I'm crazy with the hands, I got silly thumbs. I don't kill a ton, but I move with another kill a ton. Just wait till my shipments come. This butthead been bum. Catch me in the kitchen whipping up sticky bums. Your favorite Pokemon is lick a tongue.
1: <laughs> i am make him
4: stop motion like chicken running minutes, mid-son. My mom beat you in a foot race. That chick can run.
3: <laughs> Carter Deans is a lot of people's entry level into battle rap.
4: See,
0: and the funny thing is my entry, I think my entry into battle rap was, uh, I'm
3: sorry, non-hip hop heads. Sorry to cut you off, but the non-hip hop heads. Oh yeah. No, 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 for sure.
0: (laughs) I would say mine was, um, shoot, J Mills versus mook.
3: T-rex. Mook. Mook. Yeah. That was a big one. Smack.
0: That was back in the day. And that was when I was just like, oh dude, this could be a thing. Hey, you were right. <laughs> I was like, because I was so in- enthralled with what these dudes were doing. Now, like later on, obviously, Hugh and I have talked about like Calico and all these dudes. But if you want to get into like, for all of y'all that like are already hip hop heads and like, like gangster rap and stuff, go to like Calico, you know, Calico versus math. Uh, Calico eats that dude alive, G. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> I mean, bruh, bruh, Talk to him. Gee! He's like, yes, yes. That was that was incredible.
3: And In Detroit you ride with it on our lap. Is that Gee. the one?
0: Gee. Oh. what he said he said, you're gonna feel like a third wheel when I send a
3: couple to take you out? Bruh! I was from Detroit after he said that line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I said, what is this cat talking
3: about? You know the funniest thing is, and I think again, the non-battle rap listeners won't get, is that like he's using figurative language to say i'm going to sh- fire two bullets to kill you send a couple to take you out but he's masking it with you're gonna be hanging out with a couple <laughs> which is so hilarious to me like when you step outside of it and analyze it it's ridiculous but the way people react it was at le- it was as if he was changing people's lives
2: could I dumb this down to the point where I'm not giving people enough credit and just be like, uh, if you don't understand that, then please, contrary to what Daniel might say right after I say this, like check out Eight Mile.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, it's,
3: yeah, yeah, that's a lot of people's entry no, level. No, no, I was going right. to say that
0: there are lines that I could, there's at least a hundred battle rap lines I could quote to this day. And they're from some battles. Like I know John John, the Don line, and I'm not even a John John, I'm not even a John John fan. You know what I'm saying? You know why
3: you know John John the Don lines? Because oh. he's taking everybody else's lines, so there's someone else's Gee, anyways. Don't worry about what it. About Ooh. the two, that's not true. Oh my God, stop! Well, he stop. does.
0: No, no, he does. But I, the ones that I like, the one, the only one I like was now I got the crowd going wild. Ooh ah! That's that line's like terrible. Th- you think horrible? What are you talking about, G?
3: I actually skip through John John's rounds most of the time.
0: Okay, you don't know that. That that line is dope, G.
3: If his name was Juan Juan, I'd be more interested. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I would say, like, um, I can, dude, I could rattle off uh, uh, hollows. I could rattle off Charlie Clips. I could rattle off conceited lines. Because there's certain ones that just stick in my head where I'm just like, that's funny. And, the, uh, sure. and also the um, uh, uh, immaculate lines, certain immaculate lines. I'm like, it's not so much the line. It's how good he does without fumbling that line. I can't say the line without, like, but anyway, yeah. Check out.
3: People. He lives to his name.
0: If you like performances, if you like performance art, and you like, uh, uh you know what, I will even go so far as like, have you if you've been to those uh kind of like artistic one man show type things? Absolutely,
3: stand up comedy.
0: Yeah, stand up comedy. Go into battle rap. I would if you are already versed in hip hop, go to Smack. Smack is probably going to be your thing. If you're not versed in hip hop, I would say go to, um, like check out what Ruin Your Day is doing. The early, because even they get real deep. Like, if you don't Man, know a lot- their,
3: their content is great on that channel.
0: Yeah, but they get really deep if you don't know what you're- Yeah, they get really, they really deep. Yeah. They can. So I would even say go before that, because in order to enjoy some of their videos, you have to know what was happening around the time, oh, who sure. they're talking about, what the culture was doing, be like, because they'll talk about, A, hey, at this time, such and such and <laughs> such and yeah. such wasn't getting along, so that line was- in, that crap is great when they broke down uh
3: um, It's pro wrestling, dude.
0: Yes, you have to know what's happening. Um yo, Big Gerald. That whole thing. Oh my god.
3: <laughs> it's kind of like watching a series of TV shows like you you this is an ongoing episodic. Yes. Forever. Every every event is an episode and chances are if you're joining in season 6 and somebody's so evolved now you may not get it as as hard this is coming from somebody who watched the new star wars movies first
0: <laughs> here's the funny thing dan i will say this like there's there's one battle where this guy is talking to this uh his his opponent he's talking about what that opponent's father has done for him he's like he sent you to the best schools to this and he's breaking yeah. it down he's like why you got to act tough when your dad did this for you and this for you he goes on this long route long thing and he said yo and he calls out the guy's dad he's like yo big gerald and he looks around and the dad's the dude's dad answers like yep <laughs> and the guy said that's how you talk to your son i was like oh my If dude wouldn't have answered that whole line is dead and I'm like, there's no way the guy's dad's going to answer. And he's like, yes, sir. I'm like, oh.
4: That's shit. a
2: long
3: ride home right there.
0: Gee, I know Hitman was like, why did you answer him? Why didn't the you The look just on
3: sh- his face. <laughs> there, there, there's so much deep in that. But there's so much. The look on Smack's face. Because Hitman was next up. And Averb was like, nah, it's still me. Uh, at that line. and But to to wrap this thing up. Because like we can go on for battle rap for years. I'm not really battle rapping right now. I just watch it, and I probably will never battle rap again oh, until Steve calls me out, and then I'll have to, you know. I say yo, but this is this is the thing you want to do. Uh, if you're looking to get entry level, is understand that everything in smack. If you don't understand what the word is, it's a gun. And secondly, watch. There's a movie on YouTube called "Bodied," and it's very explanatory. A lot of battle rap fans don't like it. But for people who aren't into battle rap, yeah. it really explains the scene and the culture in the most palatable way for somebody who isn't into hip hop. Like they really tried to give you a battle, rap, modern battle rap for dummies without without just saying it. You know what I mean? So the the movie's called Bodied. That would be something for you guys to watch. Was,
2: on, was it Netflix? I saw it on YouTube. Yeah, I remember that. I was going to watch it, too. That was when I had that uh, YouTube premium. I don't have that anymore. So I don't know where it is now. It was YouTube premium. That's right. I remember that.
0: Wasn't Eminem involved
2: with
3: that? He threw some cash at it, I'm sure. Probably. Who knows? Who cares about Eminem? Anyway.
2: Isn't that interesting? You know, I'm going to entertain this just because I know there's people that listen to us that don't like Eminem. What's your beef with
3: Eminem, man? I, I just don't think he's dope. <laughs> Daniel. He used my legal name. Uh, okay. So to me, dopeness is a state of being and he's too one-dimensional in my mind and in my heart to be considered dope.
0: Okay, I'm going to ask you this, Dan.
3: Well, drugs, I guess drugs are dope and they they give you one high and then they ruin your life. So maybe he is he is dope.
0: Okay, here's the problem. Here's the problem. We all know the God MC has co-signed him. Who? When Rock when Rock him says, "Listen, the dude is for real." Okay,
3: I, sure, he can rap. I don't care.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You're like he can rap his tail off. You admit that. But that's why I said he's a great lyricist and you weren't giving him that.
3: I think that if he wasn't allowed to rhyme nothingness and if he wasn't allowed to say really weird and sexist and misogynistic and like, but just all these really off the wall things. If he wasn't allowed to say that, he's not rhyming as much. And if he's not rhyming as much, that's a superpower.
0: What about Stan? Okay, cool. Cool. He rapped a. He literally was like, I'm going to talk about a subject. And he did great.
3: I did that for one song, but all the way up to that, I talked about murdering my ex-wife. and This is true. And uh, strangling, strangling people with candy and calling out names of random celebrities because I could think of a rhyme scheme that goes on for 16 bars on this, but I'm not going to do 16-bar rhyme scheme. I'm going to do a four-bar and put every word that I could think of that rhymes in there.
0: I think it's something about him because a lot of rappers... Rap about bull crap. but it's something about him rapping about bull crap You don't like,
3: he's got a dumb voice. His <laughs> production is cheesy. He's he's Walmart, dude. He's McDonald's. Okay. I get that, I got, you know, what, you know what, you know what it is that. for me is yes. I can't relate. And the reason I got into rap is because I can relate. The reason I got into hardcore is because I could relate. The reason I got into battle rap is because I could relate because I got picked on a lot. So I learned how to roast and I listen to Eminem and I can't relate.
0: Okay, here's what I couldn't relate to. Later on when he was rich and he was still talking about stuff. I couldn't relate to that. Yeah,
2: he's got a point, dude. He's he is a little one-dimensional.
0: He is ve- but mo- what rapper? I mean, cuz you've liked one-dimensional like uh uh dude, you you like um uh
3: I like Gucci Mane, I like Waka Flocka Flame, I like uh 2 Chains. There's Danger! a guy named Partisan, Mystical? There we go. Oh, you're lying, bro. Listen to Mind of not, not Mind of Mystical. That one was too weird. But I think there's an album or two after that. He's got he's he's telling stories. He tells one there's a metaphor about him being on fire and it actually talks about his journey to getting signed. But he uses a metaphor of being on fire and nobody noticing and he can't get out of it. And then at the uh, the spoiler alert, you guys want to f- fast forward or something. But at the end of the song, he goes out. He's the fireman is like, I can't help you. None of that. He goes to the lake. He's rolling around in the lake. He can't he can't get put out of this fire and then somebody walks up to him and hands him a tape and says, you've just been put out. Fire went away. Done.
0: But someone could wax poetic about an Eminem song just like that. You just like Mystical. <laughs> and I'm not saying you like Mystical now that he's gotten convicted of stuff. I'm not saying
3: that you... Yeah, definitely not. His
0: actual real life is problematic. I'm if not he saying... Said, if he passed me a that.
3: note and said, do you like me, X, yes or no, I'd probably do not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But I, what I'm saying is, I think you give... Like you said, you can, you can, there are certain people you feel as if you have a connection to, and there is just not the cosmic connection to, and I don't think that your dislike for him is something that you, it's, it's not an actual, uh, a thing. It's just something that's not, it's metaphysical that you're not connecting with him. There are certain people that I connect with and I don't know why I can't even put it into words.
3: I just don't eat that. His dimension ain't ain't for my flavor. But and not to say I haven't listened go. to Eminem that's songs. Not fair. to say that I've haven't heard Eminem songs. You know what I mean. But I'm not. I'm not looking for that. I'm not checking for that. That's doing nothing for me.
0: He likes what he likes, Steve. How is Gucci Mane doing something for you?
3: Sauce, and that's something that Eminem doesn't right. have. He has no seasoning. Neither does. Take that as Gucci you want. Man,
0: Gucci Mane, Gucci Mane, G. Are we really sauce. having this conversation? Sauce. How?
3: Sauce.
0: Give me a line that he has sauce on.
2: Remember, I can pull up anything you want.
3: Um,
0: oh, no, I'm sure, da- I'm sure Daniel can recite these. Let's see. Give the me Lam- something.
3: The Lambo, the something, the something, the Rari. If I wasn't rapping, I'd probably be robbing. Oh, my God. That's not tight. I believe it. That's I believe it. Daniel. You know what it is, too, is I'll- I believe it. I believe it. Eminem has not killed his mom. I don't believe it. Okay. He's, you know what he is? Not, Mystical's not never been on fire either. <laughs> yeah, yes, he was. I'm sure he's burning right now. Uh, and Stop he will it. be later, too, in Stop life it. after he's dead. Anyways, you know what Eminem is? He's what? a lot of the kids I went to high school with, and I hated high school. And that's what he that, represents. There we go. And that's there. And welcome to the counseling session. There
0: we go. Thank you. There we go.
3: That's yeah, crazy. I don't, I don't rock with it. Like uh, when a lot of people were taking that that moniker on, they're they're dickheads, and he's their leader.
0: I totally, I that, you know, dude. what's funny? I really do. Gucci man, all them cats are people that I that used to act like they were harder than they were, tougher than they were.
3: How dare you? Gucci has a justifiable justifiable homicide. Gee does he? Yes. Jeezy sent somebody. I read his book. Jeezy. Well, me, then me it's it. true. Yeah. Jeezy sent somebody after his chain, uh-huh. and the chick he was seeing at a strip club took her to his house, or took him to her house, and she was setting him up. Two dudes tried to get him. He wrestled the gun from one of them, shot one of them while the other one fled, and that's why he got locked up in two thousand and seven or so.
0: Sounds very soldier boy.
3: I have no idea what that means.
0: Oh, soldier boy, chase people out with a m- no, 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 no,
3: no, no, no. That's different <laughs> because because very because soldier boy, soldier boy. Soulja boy wants to be Gucci Mane, and he's already said that. I, I'm sorry I can't think of a better Gucci Mane line right now.
0: That's what I'm I'm waiting, because I could rattle off imminent where you would say, that Eminem line is dope. That's a dope line.
3: Here's something that I learned okay. after doing music with you, is okay. that it wasn't all about lyrics. It wasn't all, all about lines. It was about delivery. It was about but sincerity, believability. It was about all these other things that you can't really teach. You can go take creative totally writing true. classes. You can hire somebody to write for you. You can't hire somebody to put sauce on your songs the way Gucci does it.
0: At, you know it's funny? Uh my son and I were having a conversation about best rapper. And we I told Dan this and we were we had to break it down where we both said, Oh, you know what it is? There's conversational rappers and there's rapper rappers. Conversational yeah. rappers are people that act like Jay-Z, Biggie, and Pac are conversationalists, where these like, he's like, um, um, uh, where... Pac's J- a preacher. Yeah, and it sounds like they're sitting down and kind of talking to you about... Um, he's like, I'm a bully with the bucks. Don't let these patent leather shoes fool you, young man. I got the fully in the... T-. Like, that kind of like, Ooh. uh uh, uh Jay. Like, yeah. he's just like, yeah, I'm just talking to you. Biggie, I'm just talking to you. D- Pac, yeah. I'm just talking to you. Whereas other rappers are rap... Ice Cube is not a conversational rapper.
3: Yeah, and watch me ruin Steve's life. No, I'm ready for it. Let's do it. Biggie's overrated.
0: Oh, that's fair. No, that's totally fair. Biggie's
3: not the lyricist. Biggie's terrible. That's like so I don't, I don't Terrible, you're like, crazy. Well, maybe not terrible, but uh, he was a hustler and he was smart and he did good things, but like they they try to act like he's the greatest of all time or no, he's no, ultimate I'm lyricist. Not he's not ultimate lyricist. So what he didn't write, I put songs together that don't that I didn't write either. Like he wasn't killing it. He just was trying less Daniel, and, and Daniel. still did better. Let me ask Daniel. you
2: something real quick, Steve, what? on that. Could could yes. people be hanging on to 90s nostalgia with Biggie?
3: Yes.
0: I. Well, I used to think that until when you listen to his, like when you listen to some of his lines that he spit in the 90s, a lot of them have not been topped since then.
3: Break down some of his other lines though, and they're horrible.
0: No, but I'm saying some of his, like his verse on More Money, More Problems is one of the best verses in hip hop history. One one shot verse. There's it doesn't get much better than that. He, he punched said, in. No, G. talk about B I G B O P P A. No info for the D E A. that is such a great first line. Wow, like, he
3: he rhymed a with a. Oh my god, watch gee, out, Eminem. G <laughs> G, that that punch in. Rhyming letters is like the entry level freestyler thing. Oh, I'm D E D and. I get P A I D. Uh. No, no, no. But Daniel,
0: you just said, you just said it's about the swag of the delivery.
3: Yes, he it's had something on that. Verse. He yes. had
0: that. He had yes. that thing where it sounds like he's just t- talking to you, where it's like, it doesn't you feel me. like he wrote this. He had the swag of deliver. It was it was like goods. I'm sorry, we're going with you still want him like- to
3: have his gain up, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's uh, it's like it's like he had the swag of his so if you're gonna hang on swag and not lyrics you got to do it all the way i'm listening to
5: another
2: show right now by the way i'm just entertained i see just entertained
3: right now i see you (laughs) hey you have a point you have a point steve
0: yeah big. so big had the swag of delivery jay-z had swag of delivery Pac had swag of delivery and lyrics but i totally agree where i would put now don't get me wrong i put big in the top five sure but I don't think he's out rapping. When we put him in the time frame, what Rock Kim was doing in the 80s, he was an alien. He was the first one, instead of being like, instead of doing that, him and Big Daddy Kane were like rapping to the point people were like, oh, wait. They
3: were were really using their (laughs) syllables and they were really rhyming.
0: They were like actually not doing, and people were like, how are they doing what they're, like, what is he doing over there?
3: You know what I'm saying? Here's the equalizer that that really fixes it for the nerds. And here's a question that popped up in my head. If Biggie doesn't accomplish what he accomplished record sales wise, if he doesn't die at such a crazy time, if he isn't part of uh, an important time in hip hop and rap and R&B actually, and that whole time, if he isn't a part of that and have that success, is he really a great rapper? Because people weren't buying his stuff because his raps were great, they were buying it because the production was fire. Because they were sampling all these old top forty songs, that you there had was marketing. To the yeah. music videos were movies. They were mm-hmm. buying that. They weren't buying his raps. This but, was the yeah. shiny suit era, and this he is was the one of, the, kings. of P-D. Mm-hmm.
0: the genius of P. Yep. The genius of P. Did as much right. as you want to clown right. him. The genius of he made people think Mace was crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mace could rap before he met when he was killer. When he was uh. Uh uh Mace Murder he could rap,
3: but when Mace- He still had lines.
0: What did he what which ones?
3: The the song he did with uh with Total.
0: Dig Papa. So what line did he have on that?
3: I don't know. He was trying to speak Spanish <laughs> language, so I was okay with it. He said mama and papa, and I was like, I could relate. I'm in.
0: Well, I mean, he was like I mean, he was fine. But like I would say <laughs> if, if Biggie if Biggie had survived, he would um
3: He'd be washed up. if
0: no, no, no. If Biggie survives, no, no, no. If Biggie survived, he's, there is no Jay. Biggie survives, Jay-Z doesn't exist. Oh, yeah.
3: For sure. For sure. Jay had Jay-Z to take that crown. does
0: not exist because he would be chasing that crown for his whole life. Pac survives. He maybe makes two more albums. And he's a movie star. He's a movie star. You don't think Biggie falls off? No. Because it's nothing that he grew up to. He was rapping like that at 15. You have nice. In order to fall off, you had to run up that mountain. There was no mountain. He just had that. So there was never going to be a fall off because he never climbed to get it. It was a gift instilled in him by the universe. So yes, he always has it. The problem is for me is as he's growing, as he has that gift and he's the type that he's so good at the gift, he doesn't really have to improve. He just finds different ways to word play. Mm. As he has that gift, now other kids can see something to chase and surpass. Because he's not going to have to improve. And now he's the crown they're taking from. So kids will just pass him. But he's never going to be. He's always going to be a legend if he survives. But kids will pass him because they have something tangible to chase.
3: Can we liken this to sport, though?
0: Yes, go for it.
3: He's doing the same moves. Totally. But okay.
0: uh, so did Jordan. And he just perfected him.
3: <laughs> sure, but when he was playing with the Wizards, how many rings did they get?
0: It doesn't, doesn't matter if you already have six.
3: Did he break Did he break any world records at, at when he was playing with the? Wiz- did he break any scoring title records or anything when he was with? Didn't the Wizards? have to exactly. So who was running the game when he was with the Wizards?
0: Nobody. The right people still were looking at Jordan because what? his name was that big. His name was winning was the. That cha- big? Who was
3: winning the championships? I haven't watched basketball since the nineties. Who
0: <laughs> <laughs> was winning the championships back? then It had to be the Rockets, right?
3: Damn! So it's really like that.
0: I think it was like the rocket. But and here's the thing. If that's what I'm saying, Jordan, he he look at Jordan went out. So he's putting wizard.
3: butts in seats, but he's not actually operating the same. So he re- meaning yes. Biggie's still selling records in this hypothetical because we've reached another plane of consciousness right now and we're time traveling. Uh so Biggie isn't rapping as good as like he's not getting Mm-mm. better at rapping. No. He's done. No. But he's just selling done. records off of the fact that he's Biggie and people are gonna go. So they could sing along to the one verse of Mo Money, Mo Problems and uh, whatever other songs he had that people really like. He's
0: always going to be able to rap. He, so mind you, he's so he'll always have like a hit or two on the album. Because remember, as he progresses in this time traveling multiverse, as he progresses, he's running into just Blaze. He's running into Alchemist.
3: He's running into these people. So how come this doesn't happen for the singers that we loved from the Ooh, 90s? Well,
0: I mean, which, which singers like who?
3: Uh, name them that are washed up now and now we have to wait to to watch them at the Paul Paul Theater to sing their songs from the 90s because
0: did they really have good songs then? like let's be real what 90s singer that had a crazy great first record actually fell off completely like a crazy Duncan
3: Sheik record. Brian McKnight
0: He didn't fall he made a few good records
2: I just want to give a shout out to Where's the dog barking in the background he sounds awesome <laughs> You can
3: hear him? I'm sorry.
2: Oh, no. I'm just kidding, man. It doesn't bother me at all.
3: I thought that
0: was you, Dan.
2: (laughs) I was was trying to guess what kind of dog it was. He's huge. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break it up. I just like that dog's bark.
3: I could actually stop that real quick if you want.
2: No, dude. It's fine. It's fine.
3: He's not going to stop. And he won't stop because he can't stop.
0: (laughs) I knew you were going to say something about that. Dan, what good 90s person, I'm talking about of all genres, made one incredible album and just disappear hmm. i can't think of one they made a few after they did it and they retired on their own they're just like done
2: i imagine it's all subjective uh and, you, and then when you what are you talking about big you're talking about like grammy awards all or the way just... around
0: all good listening to and it just it also wins grammys uh that's tough right and millie vanilli does, does
2: anita baker count
0: thank you and she put out six more albums and she sold out Staples Center recently.
2: I'm just throwing out
3: names. Everybody it's, at that concert was over the age of 40.
0: Oh, that's right. You are a Anita Baker fan, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I heard him that's go, so ooh. random. I forgot you text me that. Oh, How yeah. How the crap does Daniel know? Oh, you said your, your mom used to listen to her.
3: My childhood. My mom's best friend when I was a kid. And that's her, right. And her, like, that was the only tape. Was she a sister? And, of course. Of
0: course she was. Yeah. Go on. I like your mom already. <laughs> Anita yeah. Baker was a <laughs> sweet love, Almost. right? Oh, yeah. oh Jesus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. Remember that Remember that kid, that video of the kid singing it?
2: No one hit me to that one, bro. Nah.
0: You know, he's an Asian kid, like seven years old, and he's on a talent show giving his all, and the people give him a standing ovation afterwards. I'm like, yeah, because he's singing Sweet Love by Anita Baker randomly. What yeah. the crap is this kid doing? But yeah, uh
3: He just tapped into something primal there.
0: But see, that's what I'm saying. If you had a massive hit in the 90s and you won Grammys, you tended to keep on going. And then today, oh, sure. like, like look today. Okay. Sade had what, four great albums, and she can feel, she could go today to Tower. What theater do we? She can go to Celland and she would do well. She South. would do well at Shoreline. Oh, yeah. oh, that's a great. Thank you, Dan. She would kill it. She would, no question. I think she could do the Staples Center, bro.
3: On a tour? No, easy. Could, okay. So, oh,
0: for sure. Sure.
2: I think For I'm sure.
3: skewed on my view of like success and being washed up, then because you have a point and it's something that I totally ignored because I was just trying to be right in the argument instead of uh, look at facts.
0: No, Dan, you don't do that. No, don't do a smart human thing. You're supposed to react. There's no hold on. Can't up. be smart.
3: <laughs> no, you was right though because like he. So we're saying Big is still eating
0: in this multiverse.
3: He's just not. He's just not on TV. He's not on TikTok. None of that stuff. He's not oh, on YouTube no 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 no
0: no, no. Uh, but
3: he he's eaten and and honestly that is wild success in my mind, but I'm saying he's not if he's if he's alive in this multiverse he's not out rapping Jay Cole fight me fight my me.
0: son is in love with he like he says he's the best lyricist right now
3: he's the That's, best everything he has a he song can't... one of his first singles was with Missy that I heard and I was like i'm I'm sold.
0: That's why it's great. Because Missy's yeah. on
3: it. Yeah. Here's so, the problem.
0: Kendrick Lamar could out him. So? So what are we... T- w-
3: you know what Kendrick Lamar sounds like? He sounds oh, like... He oh, like he's Daniel. He sounds like he's trying to rap <laughs> J. Cole lyrics through Eminem's voice. That's what Kendrick Lamar sounds like.
0: Daniel, what are you talking... Okay, number one, you have to admit... <laughs> Let's go. To so pimp a butterfly was a work of art,
3: dude. Oh, he's amazing. I'm not saying Kendrick Lamar sucks at all. He's dope. I just don't like his voice. I prefer J. Cole. But Kendrick Lamar... Uh, on paper will probably demolish anybody easily no questions about it but i would rather listen to j cole music
0: i don't think he's messing with j j cole i don't think j i No, i don't think
3: kendrick's messing with jc who you know you- what i just said bro this is 2020 man you got to have more than bruh.
2: <laughs> you just hit him in the 40s right there daniel
3: I'm not listening. I'm not listening to that Daniel, anymore, Daniel. dude. I'm talking about lyric for
0: lyric. I That's, think that was Jay- cool Z- when I
3: was in junior high, dude. J-
0: Daniel, did you listen
3: to Four Forty Four? No.
0: Thank you. If
3: you why listen would to 444- I why would I listen to that?
0: Because it's good, Daniel.
3: Uh, yeah, you want me listening to good music now? I've been listening to <laughs> Trap House. I've been listening to Trap House Three for the past five years, oh, which was a Gucci so. Mane mixtape that came out in like 2012.
0: Jesus,
3: what I, I get it's it's on repeat. It's on repeat.
0: Here's one. Okay, here's one we could agree on. How do you like run the jewels? Eh. Oh, you did that on purpose. You
2: did that again. on purpose. <laughs> I'm not stupid, Steve. I'm not stupid. <laughs> you're insulting my intelligence right now.
3: I'll, I'll be honest. I I did that for the show. I did that for the show. Uh, I haven't listened to enough to to be a dickhead about it yet. But
2: I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm
3: sure. I'm sure. 444 is outstanding, and I'm just being an idiot. I did listen to the Carters a few songs off of that with him and Beyonce. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. That song, Nice, is fire. <laughs> That's my jam.
0: Now, do, do you seriously not like Run? So you don't? You haven't listened to Run the Jules?
3: I nah. You know what's super sad? For as much music as I do and involved in and all that stuff, I'm not listening to new stuff very often. It's almost embarrassing. I'm exposed here, but. My playlist is the same. I'm paying, I don't know, 10 bucks a month to subscribe to some streaming service that barely pays me pennies for my plays. And I'm listening to the same six, seven songs almost all the time. Yeah, I'm with you. I have a playlist out called The Rook Show and Tour Drive. I have two of those in mind that I usually play that are basically been the same songs I've been listening to for the past 10 years. I'm a mess.
0: That's totally fair. And I mean, look-
3: I can't do anything right.
0: No, here's the thing. Like- (laughs) The only reason I'm saying you should listen to, and I'm officially saying you should listen to uh, Run the Jewels is because you're going to appreciate the EQ that LP has on his drums.
3: LP is awesome.
0: That dude EQs his drums because a lot of times people, not to get way in the weeds, a lot of times, uh, I'll break it down for the listener. Um, When you're doing drums and you want them loud, a lot of times it over, it crowds the vocals big time. Like the Every time the bass hits, if the person happens to be singing or rapping during that time, you can hear the distortion That's immediately. The you know what I'm
3: saying? Yeah. They compressed and it's all coming up the middle. So they're all fighting for the same frequencies.
0: Yes. And you're like, dude, every time the bass hits, it's like. You're like, oh. You just didn't even, you're like, I'd rather the beat be crazy. And this is on some popular songs have this
3: problem. You could sidechain it and it could duck whenever the vocals come in so then they share the frequencies. No,
0: but sometimes that sidechaining sounds way (laughs) like I don't even know how to do that crap. (laughs) No, it's because you can hear it. Sidechaining, if you don't do it right, uh, what sidechaining is, ladies and gentlemen, is when something (laughs) is really loud, it it automatically lowers it and pushes up what isn't loud.
2: Yeah, I sidechain every fucking week. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> 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 oh dan
0: you're a genius i like I, that that's why i talk to you but
3: um so we're arguing about rap now
0: no i'm saying you should check out lp even the first song on the newest album g dude that drum intro that lp accomplishes without it and it's super loud the drums are loud but he has him and killer mike's vocals going and that's the you know what let me i, I need to stop giving lp props his engineer is we're talking about Ice Cube predator level engineering, where it's like, oh, you want it like this? Okay, we'll just do that thing. And it's so just magic. Huge drums with these vocals coming through the middle. Where it's just like, I remember telling Dan, I was like, Dan, dude, would he he played it for me on the show, and he was like, Are you really into it? And when it stopped, I was like, I'm in. I'm in like yesterday.
3: Killer because, Mike can't miss when it comes gee, to rapping too. Okay,
0: let's just calm down here. Let's just calm down. Here. (laughs) See, Steve gets him skewed. Like he can't just
2: he can't (laughs) take Killer Mike just for his rap and he has to throw the politics in too.
3: Oh, he's doing stupid stuff on man. I'm really just trying to stay off all that. It's depressing.
0: Well, no, it's not. I love Killer Mike's rapping. Okay, let's just go rap. That dude can rap. I think sometimes he tries to he tries to put a message more than his rapping nowadays. Before he didn't try to do that. I can relate dude, no, that's not true. I heard your recent stuff and you don't put, like, you know how to like, wave your message throughout your lyrics, Jay, and it's really good.
3: I appreciate that. But it is a struggle. And he he always, to me, was message heavy.
0: But he used to be like, I'm lyric heavy and I'll put a message in there if it fits into my groove. One of these Ah. songs on this album, you're like, okay, you wrote the message before you wrote the (laughs) rap. He's
3: with LP, man. He's got freedom.
0: The LP man, that dude is Beast. a these these and that's that's the only reason I say listen to this album is because you're gonna get you are gonna get ideas. Oh, you'll man. get ideas I'm for it. I'm getting
3: ideas, dude. You know how much <laughs> stuff that I that I'm doing right now that are ideas that I've gotten. I need to finish my 2018 ideas, dude.
0: Gee, I'm still trying to finish my freaking the love below ideas, man. Like that album made me be like, oh my god. I need, I'm doing this all wrong. I oh need yeah, 30, 000, you sent maybe. me a
3: couple of those.
0: Yes! Yeah, I surely did. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm like, oh yeah, that. <laughs>
0: I surely, you know exactly what I'm talking It actually was like, those are the ideas I got from the love below. I was like, oh, I love that, but I just <sighs> never...
3: Man, you guys are going to make me exercise my brain?
0: You can, gee, I promise you, Daniel, this LP, is it's worth listening uh, can, to this. Can
3: I just finish the stuff I'm working on? Like, in August...
0: I wish you would uh, like send uh, Dan a few of the. Can you please send him the "You Ain't Crap Without Your Wi-Fi" song, please?
3: Unfollow, yeah. I can. Send please you that send one. him
0: unfollow. Yeah, Dan. Dan I'll send it to him it. if you
3: say the actual lyric.
0: <laughs> you ain't crap without
1: your mom's Wi-Fi. <laughs> He's.
3: He said, "You you ain't sniff without your Wi-Fi. You ain't skip without your mom's Wi-Fi. You ain't flip without your mom without your Wi-Fi." Look. You know what I'm trying to say? I love that line,
0: G. That slide is so good. I dude, cracked my son cracked up. He's like, that's funny. It's I
3: funny. appreciate that.
0: Yeah, you you can rap, dude. You, you you don't give yourself props, man.
3: You know what? It's 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 a backburner thing. That's why it's cuz I have like a band and I'm producing a record for a, a singer-songwriter and doing other things that involve just trying to make music the thing that I do, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, why would I rap? i feel like there may not may not be an audience for that compared to the to compare to the other stuff that already has an audience that i'm involved in
2: yeah let's talk about that because that's where i wanted to jump in because you know we're talking about you started off you were playing for keisha and then you started doing your battle rapping now okay how do you jump i know you told the story about how you took to hardcore but where does it come into where you're actually singing for a hardcore band and by the way we haven't even talked about your band yet you want to talk about that
3: we can, yeah, for sure. Uh Let's do that, man. I'm interested. I think people want to know. I'd rather do that than argue with Steve about music because he's gonna win every time.
0: <laughs> before okay, head. before we start, are you yeah. are you okay with me calling it death metal or no?
3: It's not death metal, but it's okay, not that's fair. it's not for me to that's not I don't know. I don't I don't trip on stuff like that. The fact the fact that people are listening and trying to categorize it is dope to me.
2: I feel like we should do a comparison at some point. Maybe we should play a little bit of your stuff and then pull up something from like say uh you know, like Norwegian death what, metal. What's
3: death metal to you, Dan? Because like, see, that's the thing is you, you're actual metalhead. Like, and so death metal for you will be a certain time frame. Whereas modern death metal is so different, dude. I'll
2: be real. I'm not even into death metal that much, to be honest with you. Me either. I, I don't really care for it. It's <laughs> it's like, some matter of fact, I was driving around yesterday and I was listening to... um the series, what is it? Uh, Liquid metal, I think, is the station on Sirius, and I was like, kind of yeah. just catching up on shit I haven't heard. I heard some really good bands, by the way, but I'm talking death metal. To me, is when it's like full, and this is probably going to insult some death metal lover out there, but it, when you start getting into like the Cookie Monster growl, like when it's just almost, yeah, like I think there's a lot of good death metal music. But it gets it gets fucked up because it has that same growl all the time. Now, see that sounds probably very biased for me to say that. It would be like saying that all country singers sound the
3: same or something like that. They, they do.
2: do. I, they I do. agree, but but I mean, with this, don't you don't have
3: any you don't have any listeners from Clovis? Don't worry about. Yeah, it. we do
2: have one, but they're cool. They're cool. They just move there because rent's cheap.
3: I think that um, they live on Shaw. It's okay.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to me, death metal because they come from like the eighties and stuff like that, in the, or in the nineties. And to me, death metal is going to be stuff like. Uh, all that Norwegian shit, like mayhem. Uh, but then again, you have stuff like six feet under, uh, cattle decapitation, maybe. Nah, I'm not even cattle decapitation.
3: Open for cattle decap.
2: Did you? Yeah. Would you consider them? What would you consider them more? Like more hardcore?
3: I'd say death metal.
2: Death metal, but they have, there's something about them that they're not quite the full on, like straight up. Everything's blast beats the entire time or, you know?
3: Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't even know what categorizes death metal to me. It's, content and that's the same with hardcore like to me what categorizes hardcore is the actual content for instance our band is more metal sounding to some people than it is actually hardcore but my delivery and the message behind my songs the delivery behind my songs my content of lyrics push it towards hardcore as opposed to metal or death metal
2: yeah lyrical content makes a big part of it too
3: big time i think that's where like cattle decap it uh, falls into the death metal category or you look at their branding their their styling of like the actual death on their uh product or like their
2: you logo know, on their, no. you know you have that that yeah. weird logo that yeah. you can't read <laughs> that usually falls into oh, it
3: it's just a freaking <laughs> uh looks like a uh an old leather seat like, or something. yeah it looks like <laughs> a
2: spider it looks like uh zuckerman's famous pig spider web from starless web
3: yeah it looks like the back of my neck when i look up <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is cattle decap?
3: Cattle Decapitation. They're a vegetarian vegetarian death metal band. You see the irony? Yeah.
0: Are they really? Yeah. Cattle Decapitation.
3: So my little vegan straight edge hardcore band back in 2004 opened for them, which was hilarious. (laughs) Just jumping around stage, being all preachy and mean. How
2: was the reception? Weighing.
3: uh, Probably bad, but I didn't care. I knew everything. This was right before. This is 2004, so right before. I was, uh, you know, around actual musicians with, okay. uh, Steve and them. So that was the first band I sang for, by the way, I was playing bass for a metal band first. Oh, And that's why I was able to play all the weird stuff you're doing. Cause my bass parts were just copying whatever the guitar player was doing.
0: Which makes total. And so from there, did you, while you're doing this, did you think I want to get my own band together one day? No. Or you're just like, I'll just bass play. I'll just play bass for the whole time. <sighs>
3: I was the least talented one in that group. My first group where I played bass. I was the least talented one. I knew the least about music. I like done some trumpet in elementary and junior high, but like this was all by ear. But I did notice that I liked arranging stuff. I had ideas for songs. I had things as I progressed with this band. But like for me, I just wanted to play. So I was just with my friends playing. So the other band developed, Because we just wanted to jam. A friend had a drum set and some amps and I had been playing some guitar. And so I was writing riffs and we started a band and I started singing for that band because the singer we picked wouldn't write lyrics, had no rhythm. And then when I started writing lyrics for him, he had to question everything. And I'm like, and we already had everybody else in the band could play something else because the music wasn't that good or that difficult to actually where you would need somebody specialized. You know what I mean? So, like, though I wrote a lot of the drum and guitar parts for that band, I ended up doing vocals for it because I was writing lyrics like crazy. From Coming from being an MC, this was easy. This was super easy because I didn't even have to rhyme.
2: They either loved you or hated you, Daniel. You know what I mean? Like, if you're, if you're given that much creativity to one band, did they love you for it or did they hate you for it? Or is it You know what I mean?
3: I probably, probably loved me first and then hated me later when I'm trying to make things yeah, good. I
2: understand that, bro.
3: I was actually uh, after our first tour, of the band broke up, and I guess I was blamed for some of it because I was pretty mean. But I was nineteen. I was nineteen years old, uh, and the age range was between sixteen and nineteen, I think. And these idiots—I had no help booking, I had no help doing anything, and they ran out of money on the way up to the first show, and then I had to feed these childrens for two yeah. weeks.
2: Yeah, I'd be mean too. Jesus. You're you're trying to handle your business, and you got your babysitting yeah. at the same time, right?
3: And and it's punk rock slash hardcore, so it's not a even actual business. I, I saved to a, like a G or two as a 19-year-old to do this tour. I went up there in my Chevy Malibu, and I went all the way up to Spokane, Washington, and down in a matter of two weeks because all the shows fell through. I had no idea about booking. This is before Facebook and um, smartphones. Everything was word of mouth. And didn't tour. That wasn't even a tour. It was a run. Well, we think we only played three shows in a matter of two weeks. It was a vacation. It was whack. <laughs> I didn't go on tour. I didn't go on tour again until 2014, 2015, I think.
0: And that was a legit tour. And debatable. We could talk about that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that first that first one was debatable as hell.
0: Well, and then, so when does Farouk come into, like, okay. I also, I don't know which one of you guys named it. Okay, or so women. I don't know if it's women or men. in the
3: Let's fast track this journey. Yeah, let's then. focus so, on um, playing bass, Playing bass for a metal band. I, I start my own band with some friends at 19. And that runs for a couple of years. And breaks up gross. And then I'm like, I'm going to do rapping. Um, I'm sick of being in a band. But then I started another one with some other friends. And then that breaks up gross too. Um, but <laughs> at that time, I'm interning at a recording studio. This is now 2005-ish, 2004-ish. So this is when I meet uh, Steve um i'm singing for that band as well because again i'm the least talented one on all the instruments but i can write songs it's basically i'm creative but my hands don't have the chops to keep up with these other dudes that this is all they do and i'm the one guy that conceptualizes songs and write lyrics like crazy to where like i have more lyrics than we have instrumentals you know so that happens 2006 ish i start playing with keisha uh I start doing focusing more on production and rap because I'm interning at a shady, shady recording studio, a really horrible one. Um, But I learned some stuff, and then I'm like, I'm just going to do rap. I'm tired of having a band. And then I break my hand, so I can't play with Keisha anymore. I remember that. And at that point, I'm playing drums for a band, I'm singing for a band, and I'm playing bass for Keisha, and then I break my hand, and I just go into hiding, and I just go into uh, producing and writing lyrics. And that's maybe around 2007, uh, between and 07, and 2010 between that time i'm engaged married and miserable but still trying to like rap and i'm putting out little like solo rap stuff and then people are asking for reunion shows for my old bands that broke up like seven years prior wow so i get some friends together that aren't in those bands because again broke up gross we start playing reunion shows and then phil camacho who's like my 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 just that's my my dog man my my brother He, I brought him in to play guitar for those bands because he was in one of them. And so we would do these combo sets of both bands. And it was a mixture of all the members of the bands that weren't scumbags. And we'd play, we'd play our old songs from the two bands. So we did a couple of those. And then Phil was like, yo, we should start a band. And I'm like, I'm not doing that, dude. I'm over it. Like, I can't, I can't babysit nobody no more. And he's like, I'll help. And me and him were like the responsible ones, you know? We were the two, we were the two parents in our bands respectively Everyone so like, one, yeah. right so with two of us we were like a super group already so we try to recruit people we start writing riffs back and forth in like 2009 ish 2010 mm-hmm. and then by early 2011 we get a bass player which is a friend that used to follow our bands around when we were kids uh matt olson old pappy and then um one of our old drummers from one of our bands who phil had not been in contact with for years but i had recently gotten in contact with and showed him the demos of what would be Farouk? So I showed him three songs, but he didn't know I was recruiting him. I wrote the songs with the drum style that he had back in the day. Smart. And he hadn't, he hadn't drummed for a good five or six years. And he was like, who's playing drums for this? And I'm like, I don't know. We're looking. And he's like, I want to do it. And I'm like, all right, get your shit together. Cause Phil is in the band and Phil's not going to parent you anymore. You need to get it together. And he's like, all right. He brought his drum set. He learned everything and became a founding member of Farouk. And actually Eric, E-Ball, E-Honda, Daddy Jupiter, all his AKAs. Uh, He actually named Farouk. At We had to change our name because our first name was going to be Gauze. And then we found out there's like a grindcore band from Japan called Gauze. And so we're like, okay, can't be that. So the three of us grew up on Attitude Era Pro Wrestling. uh, WWF, WWE, WCW, NWO, all that stuff. So we wanted a wrestling name because all three of us, the founding members, were into wrestling and so we went through a bunch of names sharpshooter and figure four was already a band really dope hardcore band uh crossface was a local from around there and uh referencing chris benoit at the time was probably a bad idea so uh, so we're thinking you know all these names and then it gets quiet and eballs at the drums and he's like yo Farouk," and we're like yo that sounds tight because us to us Farouk has a certain uh energy in it already because Farouk, the pro wrestler Ron Simmons, was this badass. First, one of the the first uh world heavyweight champion in in WCW, he beat Vader with a power slam, changed the world. You know, as Ron Simmons, then he goes to WWF. He's Farouk. He's this dude who, in his faction, the Nation of Domination, was basically like a Black Panther party dude. But oh, he it was basically like that. Like that was like what they were trying to do. But yo, I remember being young and being like yo this guy's yeah he's supposed to be a bad guy but like one he's a killer he's a badass but two like he's not really lying (laughs) and and yeah they jump people and yeah Yeah. they do things the way they want because they don't like the system and he's he's not really rocking with the system i saw that as a youngster i was like 12 or something you know maybe a little older and so like now fast forward to we're in our mid-20s in 2010 and he's like Farouk and we're like yo that's kind of tight and Philly was like yeah I'm rocking with that and we looked up different spellings of Farouk. Farouk from WWF slash WWE is with two A's his original spelling. We did it with one A because in a dialect of Arabic it means discerning the truth from falsehood. So it kind of went with our lyrical content because my songs were kind of about life and friendships and lost friendships and uh the government and the media's control over people and all this the woke stuff that I was weird about you know uh five years before but now five years later I'm getting to really verbalize it so we write songs and we get named Farouk we look it up and we run with it and our first gig was at on October 30th or so 2011 at the Piledriver Pro Wrestling Show at uh, formerly Dan Gamble's Health and Racket in their gymnasium. Oh,
2: shit. I forgot ah. about that.
3: Q97's own Danny Salas got us the gig. He's a friend of mine. Uh, sorry, I just football spiked that name on your no show. No worries. We're getting way local, but and that's okay,
2: because I'm interested. Keep talking.
3: He's like, he's like, yo, like I dig what you guys do. He was doing ring announcing for the, for the company, and was like, I can get you guys a spot to play. It's an audience. And I'm like, let's do it. So we play our first six songs there and pass out CDs. And then we just, we just kept rolling, man. We just kept writing music.
2: And how's that go over? You're playing your first gig. You're at a wrestling show, you said?
3: Acoustics are terrible. Um, We're in a gymnasium. We just set our stuff up and plugged it in. And there wasn't much of a crowd there for us. Uh, Nobody, of course, being a a hardcore band and a metal band, you want people to move. None of that happens because they're like, why is this five foot six, 130 pound dude dressed as Harry Potter because it's a Halloween show yelling at us? (laughs) I'm not much of a vocalist at the time, so I'm sure I don't sound great. And I'm just flying around. I'm kicking chairs down. I'm doing all of our things. And <laughs> and uh, it just, like, we performed on the side of the ring, just off to the side somewhere. They didn't really pay us any mind much. And we did it. And we got out of our system. And then we just started playing shows, like, later in, or earlier in 2012. We started really playing shows in the local scene. Jesus. Playing little little punk rock venues and stuff.
2: At what point do you start getting noticed to where your shows are starting to fill up? You know, you're going from a wrestling event to where it's like your own show now. You know, you maybe you're you're getting a few people. Maybe you're opening up at first. Until but when you get your first show where you guys are the like the headliners, if you will, what's the numbers like?
3: Uh, we were playing a small venue a lot called the Chinatown Youth Center, and we were playing like these little house parties our friends were putting on. It was hard to really get a following because the local scene at that time was geared towards some more modern stuff. And we were kind of a little bit of a throwback stylistically because we were playing what we liked and we played like an influence of what we grew up on. So it was like Madball and Hate Read and uh, the Red Chord and these bands that aren't really in as much prominence now or even then as they were, you know, when they started. So like it was kind of weird because people were like, what is this? But it's kind of dope. Um, I'd say maybe 2013, we start stealing shows. So we're not actually like headlining much. Uh, In those local scenes, the headliners usually, like some of the time it's like, well, it's a Wednesday. Can you guys headline? Because the actual headliners want to get to their next city early and you guys are local and nobody's going to stick around. So you guys, can you guys play last? You know what I mean? Right. It was, it was that type, like headlining wasn't always the thing. But what was happening is we were support. We were booked in the middle because what was happening in 2012 and some of 2013 was they would make us play first. People would show up for us and they'd say, oh, Farouk already played. And then they dip. That's dope. And so like, or they'd be like, why did you guys play first? And I'm like, yo, we're locals. We're not, we're not about to tell them when we're going to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 2013 rolls around. I think, I think it's around 2013, 2014, we start stealing shows, meaning we're put in the middle of the bill but we're, we're completely exhausting the crowd. And then the band that has to follow us is usually having a hard time.
2: Man, I love that when that happens too. This is where you're starting to take control.
3: Well, we're also playing a non-air conditioned little punk rock venue in downtown Fresno. So people need to go outside after our set and breathe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that was a lot.
3: Yeah. So That's good. But we did that. I, I remember us doing that in Bakersfield around that time too, where like we traveled and the kids that put on this little house party show They were being punks, and they were like, "Well, this band doesn't want to play yet because there's not enough people here." And I'm like, "Hey, you told us our set time was at eight. That's not my problem, bro. They need to play. They're from around here. We're not, you know." And like, well, they're not going to play, and I'm like, "Well, you know, all of our members aren't here. It's it's a back and forth." And finally, I'm like, "Fuck it, let's play." And so we played, and we did the same thing we do at home, where we played in the middle, we exhaust the crowd, and then you have to follow us. And at this point, I think what people didn't realize is. By 2011, most of us are veterans when it comes to this live music thing. So 2012, they're like, oh, what's up with this new band that's getting all these cool cool spots and cool shows because my homie John was booking us on these really good shows and people were kind of salty. And it's like, oh, you don't realize that we were doing this in 2006 as well. We just have a new band. We're not new. The band is new.
2: That's real. Dude. You're seasoned.
3: Our Yeah, and, and you know what? I was doing stuff that I learned from Steve when it came to musical directing, when it was tying songs together and no one went to ring stuff out and controlling the crowd and all these other things. I was doing that in the hardcore and punk rock scene. So we didn't have a local opener set. We had a touring band set at 2013. We had our songs tied together. We knew our set. We weren't guessing. We weren't doing that local band thing. Oh, what's next? We weren't doing none of that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Looking at each other being like, Hey, what's next? One, two, three. Eh,
3: no. eh. That <laughs> was that, that But maybe a year of that, maybe a year of that. And then we were, we were up out of there. Cause we have friends from out of town. We were playing out of town. We were about to go out of town and rep our city wrong like that. That's that's a big no.
0: That's real. Because I remember when you text me, hey, just got back from tour. I was like, let's just pause this conversation <laughs> and not walk over that as if everyone goes on tour. What the crap? Like, I didn't know that there was touring like that. Yeah. And here's what I really knew. Like I'm like, oh, Daniel is super a thing. I was at you know, <laughs> I was at church playing, and um, a friend of mine named Cole. We always talk music after church, right? And uh, I was like, um, yeah, I want to see my friend's band. He's a local uh, hardcore, or so I, I didn't even think I said it right. I was like, like death metal uh, <laughs> band, and Cole was like, really? Because he showed he had a CD. From his band.
3: Yeah. Cole's one of the kids that used to kick it at Chinatown Youth Center when, like in 2012, 2013.
0: And so Cole's like, what's the band's co- band called? And I was like, oh, it's my boy Daniel's band. And he stops. He said, are you talking about Farouk? I used to go <laughs> to Farouk shows. They're, that's dope. They're still killing it. I'm like, this is the Twilight Zone. You know Farouk? He's like, yeah, yeah, Daniel. I know Daniel.
3: We cut our teeth at the same at the venue that he used to kick it at as a kid.
0: I text him, he'll remember me. And I text you, you're like, "Oh yeah, nice kid, the, base. the sweetheart." And so I'm the only one outside of this circle. I'm the only one that didn't know these people. He's like, "Yeah, we know each other, dude." It's
3: kind of like a it's kind of like a little club, man. Yes, exact. And he's vegan too. I'm like, "Of course he is." <laughs> I didn't even know that, but of course he is.
0: And I'm like, "Oh, this make." But he's like, "Yeah, for root." He would he looked at me like I was crazy. He said, are you talking about Farouk? <laughs> <Well, laughs> yeah. I would know. He's like, wait a minute, wait. Yeah. What? And so that's what I knew. Oh, people know Farouk. They know who
3: you are, dude. Which is which is wild. Because we're just we're just focused on touring because the local scene at a certain level, if you're not in with the right people or playing the trendy kind of music, certain venues are not gonna book you. Especially if you bring a crowd that likes to move around and run into each other. Stage dive, if you're yelling at everybody, like it's an acquired taste and i get it you know what i mean so like we were playing out of town between 2014 and today most likely more than we were playing in our own city especially our own what we would i would consider our home venue the chinatown youth center because we would go where we were asked to play so it wasn't like we were out begging for shows i'd try to get on some good shows for us and try to get us to new people but more than anything, it was like, yo, we got this going. You guys want to do it? And we'd figure it out and make it happen. So a lot of between 2014 and now is is people hitting us up, which is so sweet. Like, what a privilege to to be thought of Dude. and to be asked as opposed to having a, to get your name in. You know what I mean?
2: Right. right. Having right. to sell yourself. People are coming to you. But
3: That's it was a lot, of, a lot of what it was was people would come from out of town and be like, oh, I know a band from Fresno. It was Farouk. And it's because we were going to Bakersfield and San Jose and Sacramento and uh, we played Reno real early on like 2012 I think we played in Reno and we played in Tijuana a few times like we were doing that instead of playing our home venue every day like we did our first few years.
2: I don't know if you have other albums, but I'm looking at three of them right now. And the first one that I see, actually, there's two from the same year, The Truth and The Faction. Are those the first things that you put out commercially? Or are you burning your own CDs and selling them at shows?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Actually, so like in this time, let's see, the timeline, we're like between 2014 and now, right? Yeah. So 2011, we burned CDs immediately because even as a hip hop artist, battle rapper, whatever, I would not do anything live without something to hand to somebody. Smart. So we we recorded a terrible demo of our first six songs, which were good songs, but I did the drums on Fruity Loops off of drum samples and we just did it all ourselves and it was good enough. But I got those CDs out. So between 2012 and 2014, we're passing those out. And I made we made another demo, I think around 2014 called Gas Break Dip because yeah, it was another <laughs> three songs. 2015 happens and we're like, we need to put out an album. We have like 12 songs that we're playing live. We have uh, nine of them that that are out there in some way, shape, or form. Not on like Bandcamp and on home burnt CDs with me making the packaging and doing the design work terribly. Yeah. So we decided to record the truth in 2014. We actually released it in 2015, but uh, we did it through CD Baby and our thing expired. So we re-released it on 2017 on the digital on the digital platform. So that's why they have okay. the same year on it. But actually, twenty fifteen is the truth, and it's a thirteen song album with better recorded versions of our first six, our next three, and then another four that okay. we wrote together because the first six me and Phil wrote together, and sometimes we wrote them by ourselves, you know, and put them together on guitar and whatnot. The next three were me, Phil and Eric, and then the next four after that were all of us and our uh bassist slash guitar player Pappy. Uh, also, like contributed here and there, so that's how the truth came out. And that was actually 2015, and we did that through CD Baby. We pressed up CDs ourselves. We lost all the money on them, um, and sold them everywhere we could go. They're in horrible jewel cases. Jewel cases are a terrible idea, guys. Don't do that. Okay, good to but know. It, it was that was our first one, and then the faction came out in 2017, and those were songs that we wrote in 2014 because these guys are just songwriting maniacs. They're so talented. I'm still, I believe, I'm still the least technically talented one in the group. I Stop technic it. technically, I I can my creativity keeps me up with them, but technically, like chops, skills, nah. I but I just have a big picture brain. I can't shred, but I have a big picture brain that can t- turn the shred into a story. You know.
0: Okay. Well, I I want everyone to check out all of Farouk's albums. I want them to <laughs> check everything you do. I want them to check out. Go to I. Would, iTunes is safe, right?
3: iTunes, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Title, Deezer. It's it's all out that uh through all the major streaming platforms. Both of those, the faction actually is what got us our record deal, which was dope too. Cause we were touring on that album.
2: Now this brings us to the 2018 album. Was it 2018 where you guys did Heat? Yes. How long were you riding for that one?
3: Yo, this one's wild because I'm so proud of Heat. I'm very happy with it. I think that if that's the only thing I do from here on in, I won't be mad, you know? Um, So we do The Faction. The Faction is mostly songs from 2014 and 2015, but money's difficult to come up with to put out albums. So we record it all ourselves, and then we send it to this engineer, Zach Oren, at um, Sharkbite Studios. And I think formerly Castle Ultimate, he's so talented. He's done, uh, I think he worked on Machine Head's music as well. He's an engineer for that. So. He's like no slouch, and we paid whatever he wanted to mix and master the album that we recorded ourselves. He did an outstanding job with the faction, way better than anybody else could have ever done on Earth. So the faction comes out, and we're touring on that. We're playing our awesome tour-ready sets. Um, We run into this band called Sworn Vengeance, which is actually an influence of mine. They're a Bay Area, Oakland-based metal, metallic hardcore band from like the late 90s. And I lost my shit because I was like, yo, one of your songs influenced everything I do today that I heard on like a compilation. And we're actually playing with them just by chance. I didn't know who these guys were. And their guitarist, Keith Glacier, Um, they all take a liking to us. So we become like this. They're like we're like their little brother band. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because again, now it's you're dealing Avengers with one of funny. your
2: hero bands. That's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. Which is a trip. And they're digging what we do. But it's like, dude, we're just we're I'm doing like what i saw ryan doing their singer like his his voice and his flow is part of my genetic makeup as a vocalist mm-hmm. and i had to show when i met him i was like holy shit dude i need to show you some love and he was like oh word and he's this outstanding graphic designer and just this awesome dude he took a liking to us so we start playing shows with him. he helps us book a show or two on our tour in 2017 yeah 2017 I want to say 2016. Holy crap. There's a lot of tours. Cause I also went out on tour in late 2017 to tour with criminals as their bass player. So I nice. what is my life? Anyways, uh, we meet up with them and we're touring on the faction now. And it's our second, it's our first tour with the album, but our second with some of those songs. And Keith pulls me aside on our show in Reno. And he's like, Hey, how's the faction doing? And I'm like, I don't know about sales, man, but like we're selling merch. And the crowd seems to be digging it. And we're, we seem to be steadily building. I'm happy with it, man. Like, this is the best we can do right now. And he's like, well, keep it under wraps. But I'm in a label and I want you guys to be on our roster. I want to put out an album for you guys. And we we're like, oh, shit. And I'm like, wow, what? Like, Glacier Eater, <laughs> his band Glacier Eater, wildly talented, so good, they could do whatever they want. Sworn Vengeance, to me, the dads of West Coast Metallic Hardcore. They broke down doors and they did a lot of dirt to where bands like us don't have to do that kind of dirt no more. Nice. You know what I mean? They really were in the trenches, really paving the way for us. And he was like, let me know how everything goes. Let's talk numbers and everything when you get home from this tour. And we'll see if we can't get an album out for you guys or what, you know, talk to the guys. And so we do that tour. I talked to Philly because me and him are the executors of this whole deal. The guys are down for whatever. And they're like, what? We get to write new music finally? Because, mind you, 2017, these songs for The Faction are three years old. We're we're almost tired of them. You're like, let's
0: get this going on the road. The
3: other guys are like, when can we write new music? And I'm like, can we pay off this debt from this album first, (laughs) like that we just put out? Like, y'all don't want your money back? All right, cool. Let's write new music, you know? Plus, at this time in 2017, we're getting asked to play a lot of shows, which is dope too. And most of the time we don't want to say no because it's friends from out of town playing our city yeah. that want to play with us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or friends that are bookers of ours that we just love. So we're not going to tell them no. Like John from a Religious Appeal slash uh, Numb We're not going to tell him no. That's my Juanito. I've known him since I was 17, dude. I'm never going to tell him no.
0: You got to treat him like family.
3: Man. Yeah, that's my brother, man.
0: And how do you and write a new album though?
3: Yeah, unless you don't have a job, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. and and we all had full-time jobs a couple of the guys that had kids like it was it was real it was really real yeah. so uh Philly made a dad move and he's like, yo if we're gonna do this label deal, no shows I don't care. I don't care who it is they're gonna have to wait and if they don't understand that we're writing an album for a possible record deal then they're not even our friends anyways and I'm like facts so Philly Philly always has the right presence of mind, you know mm-hmm. so we meet with Keith we get off a tour in August. We meet with Keith in October. We figure out our plans, and he's like, October of 2017. He's he says, September maybe. uh, can you guys have an album ready to record by March or April of 2018? Okay, so that's uh, five six five or six months. Yeah, we but have, you've got songwriters
2: on your team that are just busting their ass constantly, right?
3: But we have zero songs written.
0: Oh, that's going to be a beast, dude.
3: So there's no pressure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not even a little bit. And you have to tell them, totally got it. Let's go. I'm a, ready. Yeah, what you want? what you want l- next after that?
3: Yeah, next. On a brand new label, we're their first release. So Philly's like, I think I could do it. We, we, got, we got a lot of songwriting to get done. And I'm like, I know I can do it. Pressure is my life. Let's do this. You know what I mean?
2: Some people work better yeah. under pressure.
3: And Philly yep. is a Philly is a beast, man. He can he can write songs by himself if we let him and if we want, if he wants to. He can do anything. So he's busting these out, and they're so good. They're so much better than I could do. And this is what he did to me in The Faction, too. When we, we decided to do The Faction, he wrote four songs by himself with riffs we had been sending him and then just showed them to us, all done, complete instrumentals. And he's like, we're writing a new album. Oh, well, album. then you
0: guys are good. You guys are going to finish. 12 13 songs
1: you're,
3: no because you're, because he's he's writing four bangers and then he's like your guys's turn and then we got to rise to the occasion so he's doing that, this to us for heat too so he's yeah. showing me heat, and i'm like holy sh-, dude so like a few of the songs i wrote for us like it's me trying to do my best phil camacho impersonation on guitar which, which is, is fair that's how it goes it ain't happening though man he's yeah okay i'm you, gonna try you don't to- give yourself enough props dude Uh, Man, uh, creativity is everything. That's 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 my hustle, right? That's my sauce, is what it is. Is I may not be able to rhyme a bunch of words with the the word Karen, but I have sauce. That's what. That's exactly. That's
0: all that matters, G. And I'll be the one rapping Karen with everything in the world.
3: Uh, No, that's horrible. (laughs) So we go in, man. Starting in October. Now I go on tour with Criminals in November. By November, between me, Phil, and Eball, we have. I think eight or nine instrumentals. Oh, you're ready. That Philly ends up sending me, so I'm out on tour with eight. I want to say eight or nine instrumentals, like rough instrumentals, between all of us. In I want to say two or three months, we knock those out. So now I have to write lyrics. I have to conceptualize this album, and I, I like telling these stories. You know what I mean. Yeah. And I like trying to liken stuff to wrestling. Yeah. So I'm out on tour with criminals. It's hard to write. We, we it was a, it was a tough tour. It was out in the winter time in a van. hard to stay focused i get home we still need a few more songs i i have a facility now that i can like record in like a studio so i brought the music into there and i just sat in that studio and just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote lyrics
0: that's it. It That's it
3: and that's how heat happened and we were ready right in time to record i think we recorded in april at shark bite studios in oakland with zach which was the engin- our dream engineer that Mixed and mastered our other EP He's now doing the entire thing for Heat
0: Oh, so you're ready So you're, you're excited, everything works perfectly He's
3: done the records that's influenced us over the years Too, so like that's we crazy. went to him Because he's like, the bands that fathered our style Like First Blood and Animosity from the Bay Area Like he was doing their early songs That we were listening to coming up
0: That's dope dude.
3: And now he's where he's at Because he's a literal genius, dude He's brilliant and we get to be in the same room as him making music.
0: That is so. And, and so when it's done and you're doing, cause this is the worst part of doing a CD, everybody, the worst part about doing a CD is doing the final listen because you're just waiting for something to not quite be like, we got to go in and redo this. I'm, I'm we got to go in and redo this. I'm we got to go in and I'm a burst huh? your bubble
3: player. I'm going to burst your bubble. You work with a guy like Zach Oren. I hope I'm saying his last name, right? There, there is none of that dude. He's, outstanding from jump He
0: i'm saying lyrics like oh no no Vietnam. no uh,
3: uh, okay so this is what i did here here's some secret sauce for all you inspiring musicians so since the guys had instrumentals by october in january i want to say we started doing mock recording sessions as a full band so we had eric playing to the the, the metronome to the click track playing these songs in in our own controlled environment as if it was a recording session. So we had him doing that two months before we even go into the studio with Zach. We're doing our own. Philly's doing the same with the guitars. We're doing the same with the bass player. We're doing all of it. We're doing all these rough recordings. And then I'm also laying down my vocals in this setting in a rough, like in a rough manner, listening back and at that point saying, I gotta redo this. I got to fix that. I got to redo oh, this. See, I that's fix the that.
0: smart that's the smart way to do it.
3: By the time I get my eight hours to do my 10 songs at SharkBite, I'm 99.9% memorized. I know exactly how I want this engineered. I know when to layer. I know what to tell Zach because you can't go in there with Zach and fake the funk and say, I don't know. Sometimes with engineers like him, you can't even ask questions, dude. One time I asked him something. He's like, why are you asking me that? And I was like, oh shit, you right, bro. All right.
0: Well, I know this. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well it's, it's a thing. He's the engineer. He's got to do whatever you're doing to make it sound like good. And if it don't sound good, like he's going to tell you. But then also like, if you got, if you don't got your vision together, he's not going to give you the vision. He's not a producer. He's an engineer.
0: And the, an engineer is, is everything. Like if you're just like, dude, I remember, well, if you have a really good engineer and you're like, Hey, can you do that sound effect thing that does this thing, the thing, the thing, the thing, they'll be like, Oh, I know what (laughs) you're talking about. Yeah, I could do that. Instead of being like, what's the word for it? You're like, I don't know what the, you know what, I'm, but they'll be able to be like, oh yeah, we can do that. No problem. Yeah. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? And then it just starts speeding through. But for me, it's just like, I'll always think about a lyric that I could have said a, a year later. I'll be like, you know what, what that would have gone so much. But at a certain point, you just have to release it. you, you really be like, do. for that time, that's what you felt. Maybe a year later, you go. look back and be like, this would totally have rhymed better with that. Be like, yeah, but that's not what you were feeling a year ago. Absolutely. You were feeling that. And now if you hold on to that, you're just going to keep on redoing it because you're always going to feel different. Yeah. So you guys did it smart doing it in five months. This is what you're feeling. If you remix the song now, it would sound different.
3: Possibly. We've toured off of it a couple of years now. We do have a little bit of a different energy on some of the songs, but it's kind of just because that's what we want to do. This is our music. You know what I mean? And that's,
0: That's for me. I just don't. Like, the fact that you tour, because I just, I, I could not tour. The fact that you tour is just incredible. For me, it's like, play, I've never played a live, quote-unquote, show. Except being a, a, a band. Come on. I've only done I've only done the band director. That's easy. Being a band director is cake. But being the person, I don't know how you do it.
2: I got a question for you, Steve. Not to take it away from yeah. Daniel for a second, but you got me thinking. So you got this album that's supposed to be coming out. By the way, we're supposed to be hearing something uh, our Patreon crowd may be hearing something. Within the countdown's on, so we're looking at like twenty days now. Oh yeah, 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 sure. But I'm curious yeah. about something. <laughs> so this is going to come out when it comes out. When it does, uh-huh. will you uh-huh. do live shows?
0: I don't see. I've never done a live show. Then I don't even know where I would start. I can't do like I can't click my heels. I know a guy. Uh, jump.
3: <laughs> Quit making excuses, because I know a guy. Hmm.
0: I thank you. No, le- legit, I don't I don't know how to, like, I don't even know how to uh, dance and, hey, guys, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't know how to do all that stuff.
3: Uh-uh, you're way too talented <laughs> for that, bro. I got you. Don't worry about it.
2: I think you could actually just come out and pull that move where you just play the music, maybe do a couple of thank yous, something like that, just to get your feet wet. Yep. And then you'll find your personality on stage. I... hate. what what what? always you get choked up man i think you're i think there's a
3: This turns into the scat man
0: (laughs) people i'm just like could i do like i mean it's easy to play behind people get the band together kill but it's like could i really do that i don't know like i guess time will
2: tell i'd be there supporting you in the front
3: row
0: i appreciate that right up against you know what three people in the audience i'm fine I am good, dude. I wouldn't mind that at all. It's, I ha- would, it's, it's happening.
3: Happen. It's happening. He's gonna have to hide from me to not for this to not happen. <laughs> <laughs> Cause fun fact, he, you, I do I do a lot of our booking, man. I do, I've I've been doing our booking. I've I've booked some of the tours we've been on. Like it's d- been dude, your boy.
0: Dan Dan, let me tell you something. Every week for like years, dude, at least, uh Daniel gives his once a week wins the album dropping text. I don't blame him. <laughs> i'm doing the same text
3: now it's turned the verbiage is not when is it dropping because now i know what it takes to put the stuff out and it sucks and it's difficult so now <laughs> what can i do to help this get
0: every out? single week dude what like how do, do, I do i make this happen how do i make this happen? and let me ask you are you taking this? the help i am ta- well now it's it's one of those things where uh uh like daniel's a person i trust so it's a lot easier for me to be like all right, let's do. It. Let's. Uh, fine. I'm just gonna release it because a lot of people are like, "Hey, well, dude, you should do this. You should do that." I'm like, I don't trust you or your ideas, and I don't ask you for opinions about where to get my car serviced. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely not gonna ask you for opinions <laughs> about this thing.
3: That you should do phrase is a dangerous one. Too. <laughs> I try not to be doing that. I re I caught myself earlier that, that maybe maybe Patreon exclusive will get that, but it was before we started. I caught myself on a you should. I said, what? Well, changed it to what you could.
0: Well, and, but I trust you because you'll be like, you're not going to. Like, you wouldn't uh, be like, oh, yeah, give it to Joe around the corner and he'll pass it out out of his truck. No, he'd be like, no, this is how I've released albums. So, this is how you do it. You do it like this. Trust me, because there's some things I don't know. And Daniel mm-hmm. would just be like, trust me. This is how I promise you. And I think you should. This is the easier way. Yeah, that's what I'm doing.
3: Got to work with some cool indie labels through my hip hop stuff. Hypergiant Records in 2013, 2014 showed me a lot of the game and uh, Glacier Recordings took us in and and really like like me and Keith were real close. Um, I was staying at his house for a little bit working in the Bay Area like like Keith is is my brother, man. So like he's put down on a lot of knowledge. I've uh, you know, I found a local indie label uh for a local singer that used to play the metal shows with us that I book you could tell I'm booking a show when JD Garza is on it if you see the he's name good, dude. if you he see really the name good. JD he's a singer songwriter that I met through the metal scene who's also just one of these multifaceted super talented storytelling dudes with an amazing voice uh he had approached me last year asking if I could help book him or manage him and I wasn't really I I don't even like doing that for myself. And I was like, I don't, but you, I could, but you need a record, dude, you know? And I'm like, let me help you get a record out and let me produce it for you. And so I produced a song for him called into the woods. And I helped him forge a partnership with this uh, local indie label called on captain recordings. And they, they, they agreed to put out the song for him. And they're like, they've been, our bridge to get to digital distribution and my partnership with on captain is dope because now JD has a partnership with them. So it was kind of like the same thing with Steve. Like, what can I I told JD, what do you need to get this, to get your music out? And, and he's like, well, I need recording and I need all this other stuff. And I said, okay, well, I have access to that myself. Let's produce you a record. Let me produce a song for you. And so he let me have one of his songs to produce, did that, on Captain agreed to put it out, and then they agreed to put out an EP for him, which I'm producing the whole thing of now. This dude, right? And, and so and now it, I have this yes. partnership with On Captain Recordings that I might be able to get somebody else with if he wants to, you know, make a couple songs. <laughs> and- well, here's the thing. I've
0: realized something about myself in the last few years. I've been trying to be like, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. I've realized I can only focus on music. That's it. I'm not one of those. Some people can do their label, do their albums, do their writing, do this, and also handle the bit. I'm like, I can't do that with a full-time job. If it
3: wasn't for Hypergiant, On the Clock wouldn't have come out. And if it wasn't for Glacier Recordings, Heat would not have happened. None of it would have happened.
0: There's too much stuff, dude, that you have to know. And if you're like, I'll just skimp on it, 20 years down the road, you're going to be like, you know, I really shouldn't have skipped
3: on that Prime example, (laughs) man. Prime example. The the faction was ready to go out in 2015, dude. The faction was ready to come out. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. The truth came out in 2013. My apologies. 2013. I had to to fact check myself. The faction was ready in 2015. But because we're booking, we're writing, we're trying to manage our personal lives, putting out the music itself actually putting it out, doing all the paperwork and getting it to digital distro and doing the research behind that, knowing nothing about it, not being in the field, not knowing anything about that side of it. It took two years.
2: Dude, you know what I want to do? Uh I want to do something that we've never done before, Steve. And I don't know. It's, Uh I guess it's really Uh going to depend on Daniel actually. Matt. Yeah. Would you mind if we played one of your songs? Not at all. I,
3: I appreciate it actually. I'm thinking I'll let you pick what you want to go heat. It's gotta be heat, dude. There, yeah, it's gotta yeah, yeah. be heat. not no no offense to the truth we did the truth in my bedroom uh and it was fire but heat is the evolution and it's dope because in heat i call back to the truth in the faction and those three albums relate in a wrestling sense too which is dope like but it has to be heat heat is what got me here heat is what got me here
2: steve uh have you heard Farouk yet have you really paid attention to Farouk at all i have only because it's dead. okay all right and i i believe that
3: steve be listening to our demos and shit
2: yeah so what song should i go with
3: the thing about us is we are kind of mood music and you know your listeners i feel like the most palatable one for a wide audience has always been get to work we shot a music video with our homie jake um and my buddy jose edited it for us and our buddy kitty helped out that's got a music video and it's it's out there and it's it's fun and it's not so mean and aggressive and about the government trying to screw you over. I feel like that one's the one. Okay. Okay. So we can go there, but we could also go to Owned, which is the first song off of which is super intense. Uh, song, first song I recorded in the studio there at SharkBite. Cried during it because it was just such a weird time. The song calls back to a song called, um, sorry, the song's called Owning It calls back to a song called own that's on the truth oh, that encompasses a lot of things
2: all right i propose you this. can go
3: dude you can you can go uh one nation under which is describing what's going on right now oh shit yeah see uh, how about i just gave your listeners a playlist how about i go
2: get to work since that's your first one right that's the first one you suggested too. yeah and then on the back end i'm gonna put owning it and uh, i can of course right is that okay to do
3: of course, yeah
2: Okay, owning it And then One Nation Under I'll have those both On the back end of the show
3: Well, I really appreciate that That's My dope.
2: pleasure I want to hear this right now So ladies and gentlemen Off the album Heat From 2018 The band Farouk Get to work
1: It's time It's time To get to work <laughs> It's time, it's time It's time And it's too so expensive Yeah I'm up and back on the move Time is too expensive So it's nothing to lose You gotta show and Improve Know the rules Be a student of the game Home you go To school for this time To lace up your shoes And kick it See them opportunities And swing or you'll miss it Baby show and prove. Know the rules And learn from the losses If you don't it's time! Hey yo. If you wanna be the best, you gotta try!
2: god damn
0: look at this cat right here Yes, you know sick,
2: making me want to work out seriously that's sick i fucking love that man i hope you guys <laughs> liked it too we just played our first song from a band that we know steve i'm kind of excited that's right now.
0: crazy like we could get this
3: milestone shit
0: oh, come on like man. once this zombie apocalypse is over i'm sure we can get like backstage passes every time
3: that's funny that you would think our shows have backstage
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> You might be able to get a drink ticket or something, Steve, or maybe just get, a, I'm down. get an X
0: on
3: your hand. I'll give you my drink tickets. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's right.
0: No alcohol for straight edgers. Yeah. I didn't think about oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's a question. That. At your shows, do you allow
3: alcohol? I, I don't book my show. I mean, I don't run my venues. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. 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 I just didn't know if that this was like is... a stipulation. Like, hey, you know, we'd rather oh, no, not no, no, have no. that.
3: No. I mean, for me, it's, it's this between me and me. So just don't make it my problem and I won't worry about it. You know what I mean?
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. Funny
3: tour story. If we have time for that, sure. Uh, we're playing. I mean, we get the the customer. Hey, can I get your beer or whatever? You know, which is super nice. And I'm like, they got root beer, you know,
2: or but, ginger beer.
3: Yeah.
2: how about ginger ale? Yes. There you go. See, Steve.
3: <laughs> oh come <laughs> on, man! You forget who you're talking to. All right, so we're playing Lancaster in 2017, I think. Anybody been to Lancaster? Who's from Lancaster out there in the crowd? Woo! There you go. i <laughs> see you. Yo, Lancaster is Fresno, dude. I don't care what anybody It says. really is. And we played. It really a, is. We played an area that was very rep- reminiscent to uh Chestnut and Clinton. Fair. Okay. So we play a we play a bar that in a shopping center that's similar to you know where that me and Ed's is on Chestnut and Clinton?
2: I was just trying to picture. It. Yes, I do.
3: Okay. So that's that area. And we get out, and the like. We're with a band from um, Vallejo, so they ain't worried about nothing, you know. My homies, Cutthroats, they're fine. Uh, we're with another band from Paradise, and they're like, "Good." They're from Oroville, uh, Paradise, uh, Chico area, you know. Okay. Our boys in Aberrants, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And, and I'm like, "Feels like home, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fresno." Yeah.
3: But it was scary in that bar and in that venue, not because of the reasons that most normies would think, but because there wasn't, the patronage there looked like they didn't want to see people like us there. So that's what was worrying me, is I wasn't seeing a lot of my own there. And we set up, the promoter does a horrible job. He'd been doing a horrible job the whole time. We start playing our set and a bunch of dudes that look like they could be my cousins roll in. And it's the high socks and the Adidas and the Cortezes and the Kangol hats and the tattoos. And I'm just like, yes, this is my crowd. So I start playing to them because we're right by the pool tables where they're shooting pool in this tiny little venue with no stage. Um, they had to move the pinball machines for us to play mm. and plug in a PA. And because of my style, I can kind of change my delivery to sound more rappy. And I kind of carry myself as the MC that I am up there. Despite the fact that I'm with a hardcore band, you know, Mm -hmm. and all of us in the band listen to rap and hip hop more than mostly anything when we're traveling.
2: So it's like a natural transition. You can just go back and forth.
3: I mean, it's, it's already in our style. So it's like, what do I want to accentuate today? So we're playing and the OG of the group is watching us and he's not moving. He's not doing anything. The rest of them are bobbing their heads and he's got to be like six, four. He's He's a big dude. And during our set, he walks away and I'm like, oh no, you know? of course comes back with two short glasses of clear liquid with a lime on the side oh he's offering you a drink and he comes up and during our set he comes down from the heavens with this and hands it right in my face <laughs> and I'm and I like salute him and Yo, I feel the love though, man. He doesn't know I don't drink. He's coming from the most sincere place. I'm not offended. I feel loved at that moment. You know what I mean?
2: No, he's showing you love big time, man. He went out of his way to get you a drink to show some respect.
3: And I grab it and I put it down next to the drums out of harm's way. And I pick up my water and I turn and I unscrew it and I cheers with him my water to his glass. And then we both take drinks and he gives me a nod and I'm like, uh, you know what i mean because man like i want to be this guy's friend from jump anyways but now like yeah. i don't want to insult this guy you know
2: yeah you're not trying to faux pas
3: yeah man i i'm i'm just a two-legged animal i only got two paw. so like
0: so
2: <laughs> no, i'm not
3: there, doing buddy. this i saw what I'm, he did I'm there not, i liked
0: it i will not know. no no go
3: on <laughs> only have one dad and one paw. <laughs> work no? no okay sorry that'll get no. that'll get i I guess that'll get edited
2: out. staying in there i'm not taking that one out daniel sometimes you just gotta
3: let it fall yeah that's what she said that's what she said god damn it anyway now i got two of you <laughs> i brought them back okay anyways put it down we finish our set and they come up to us and they're like hey man good shit that shit was dope i didn't expect that i'm like thank you so much man here's some stickers you guys want a shirt they're on discount da, da, da. you know i'm just trying to show some love and actually, get something yeah. on some locals there that I could identify with. You know what I mean? These are my people. These are my cousins, dude. These are my cousins. Yeah. So, uh, I and I'm like, hey, uh, bro, thank you for the shot, man. I'm not drinking tonight, which is what I always tell people. There's my secret, guys. I always say I'm not drinking tonight. They don't know tonight. that. It's, they don't know that it's every night. It's also yeah. tonight. It's not their fucking business either. You know what I mean? True. And True. it just it stops the conversation. And if somebody's in your grill on why you're not drinking. They're probably a scumbag that night. That's true. If they're trying to be all in your shit for not drinking, like, why are they in your business?
2: Still peer pressuring and shit as adults.
3: Yeah, that's fucking weird, dude. Super weird. I'm not not drinking tonight. I've told people to make them really uncomfortable. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Oh, that's fair. And they don't know I'm recovering from somebody else's alcoholism. (laughs) Uh,
0: I see what you did there. It is a fact. I see what you did there. It is a
3: fact, man. And I'm fighting it because it's it's around it's been around yeah anyways not to yeah. get too serious i'm like hey man thank you for my shot i handed it to my bass player because i'm not drinking tonight but man i really appreciate the love and he's like as long as somebody drinks it i'm like yo my bass player i'll take it for you and then i tell my bass player adam who's uh not in the band anymore but such a beast and we love him uh i'm like hey Shadum. um of course we have nicknames i don't know if you noticed that nobody's got their legal mm-hmm. name in the band
2: caught that of course not
3: yeah I'm like, hey, Shadim, uh big homie over there. Uh, he gave me a double shot and he's, he started laughing. I'm like, I need you to take it for me. And he's like, for show. Sure. And I'm like, hey, go go, uh, show him some love. He's right over there. And so he goes over there and he thanks the dude. And then he turns and takes the double in one shot and doesn't even flinch. And I, Shadam is a chill dude. I feared him at that moment because I picked it up and smelled it. And I was already like, oh, my, <laughs> you know, <laughs> bust your pearls. Yeah. And, and Shadow was like, thanks, homie, took it and then proceeded to just load up the equipment and take it to the car like, a, like it was another day. What a champ. But yeah. So as far as alcohol, it, it ain't for me and I'm not digging it. And as long as you don't get in my business about it, like offering me a drink is is a an extension of friendship. I appreciate that. I'm not going to get mad at somebody for not knowing all about my life right when they meet me. That's weird. But being on my ass afterwards, then we're going to have some issues
0: you're you're a local superstar daniel
3: i don't know about that but stop it stop it the fact that you see me in any kind of a positive light makes me feel great because you're an outstanding dude
0: i appreciate one
3: of my biggest influences i'll fight you all day but like (laughs) i'll never gouge your eyes you know what i mean (laughs) i appreciate that it's like i appreciate that it's like it's like when when puppies tussle like they're not going for the throat you know what i mean
0: no no i mean you're not gonna do the battle rap thing on me you're you're not gonna come at me like that because you're you're so good you would be a destruction
3: i wasn't even that kind of a battle rapper
0: you kind of were though
3: was i yeah Yeah. i didn't i didn't go too personal i i mostly just body shamed and was homophobic that's why i hate battle battle rapping why i didn't do it anymore because back then i was like yo that's ugly like
0: when he when he's your your father died last week you're like oh
3: yeah no that's all bad or (laughs) (laughs) or just calling somebody gay like it's an insult like that's not okay that was funny back then to me but it's actually like funny to me but really fucked up to my homies that are gay they don't think that shit's funny you know what i mean well and so to me i was like oh that was hilarious and then i'm like wait a minute so-and-so probably doesn't think that's hilarious and that's not worth a joke to me not at all
0: not anymore yeah it comes
2: from a time from like the early 80s and 90s where it wasn't even like and i'm not defending it i'm just that saying was battle rap
3: people, too back then yeah
2: i think a lot of people threw that word around not even in the homophobic sense as much as it was just uh we were sort of conditioned right. and raised to think that that was like an insult word you're walking Absolutely. You, you yeah, but yeah, your buddy see, when str- you're walking down the street with them call him and you know call him that something like that that's that was just very normal but now it's completely different and you have to respect that
3: the fact that as a straight man, I was structured to think that gay was bad is weird because gay is not my business. If I'm not gay, it's not my business. You're right. That's between right. them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So why am oh, I, yeah. why am I, why do I even have a say in it? It's not my deal. The The fact that I was culturally told like around me, my friends, my peers, older people than me, this is bad. And it actually doesn't have anything to do with me. is weird.
0: Oh, dude. And, and the thing weird. is rap. rap rap, not only rap but battle rap also the whole culture there's still a lot of misogyny there dude for sure I mean dude I mean I could still like what I listen to it's so funny I listened to it ain't no fun this week and I was like Jesus Christ it's about gang rape
3: it's man it's there's some (laughs) some bad stuff The, the beats are so good it's it's And the thing is, you know what I hate is when people try to be racist about it. Like, well, that's all that music is about. But then you listen to death metal. It's even worse. I read some of the lyrics. I I gave away and threw away CDs where I was like, yo, these beats are slamming. Like, this, these riffs are tight. Wow, this vocalist sounds cool. And then I read his lyrics. I think it was Pig Destroyer had an album that I had that, where the riffs were ridiculous. Like, the songwriting, amazing. And I read the lyrics. I'm like, this guy's a fucking creep. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah,
2: that's how I yeah. feel about a lot of those bands, man.
3: I I couldn't understand what he was saying. But when I read his lyrics, I was like, he's a creep. I'm not down. I don't care. This isn't entertaining to me. I'm out.
0: Hmm. Have I thrown any? Have you thrown any CDs away, Dan?
2: Nah, I usually trade them in. (laughs) Trade them in and get something for them.
3: I think I traded them with one of my homies or something like that. That one in particular, I traded with one of my buddies.
2: I can't remember the last CD I bought, actually. It's
0: been all digital lately. Neither. But here's the thing. When I first like went through my super duper spiritual Christian awakening, (laughs) I burned like 400 CDs.
3: Burned as in copied?
0: (laughs) As in burned or crushed, destroyed. Dang. Because they were in, they were of the devil. Yeah. And they were, dude, I had some. Give me one. What is the most evil thing you had in your collection? I, oh, it, it, it would, the one, it would be doggy style. You didn't have no 3-6 Mafia? Get out of here. 3-6 Mafia wasn't even oh, around yet.
3: Oh, dang. My bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, they weren't even existent yet. This was like
3: 98? Oh, They 99. were around. They were definitely around. They just weren't in the mainstream yet. I was, I was listening to that in 98, 99. Dude, I don't... Then again, you also listen
0: to Mystical and all those Cash Money Herbs. Bro,
3: they were on the box. G, G, club G. up. Dude, Hit a Motherfucker is a mosh pit song.
0: You think Cash Money was good, but you're going to have something to say about Eminem. I don't know what to say. I don't know. I don't don't know what to say. Yep.
3: You think Lil Wayne's
0: dope, don't
1: you?
3: Eh. He's all right. Good. I like flavor, dude. I like flavor. I don't want to listen to that unseasoned chicken that is Eminem. That's what he looks like. That's what he sounds like to me. It's just, I don't mess with that. That's not for me.
2: He's like boiled chicken. (laughs) Yes.
3: I mean, it's fair. It's fair. And okay. You know what it is? With a whole bunch of salt.
0: i got a question before because it is actually i gotta start getting ready
3: yeah right um
0: dan i just got the weirdest text message what's that man did you you wouldn't have happened to give the dark lord my n- number would you uh
2: not Oh, geez. not willingly not wi- <sighs> look dude i got family to take care of you know what i mean yeah and i yeah. i thought i was family listen your family <sighs> You are family, but like I have got family, like blood family, like real blood. Oh, oh, oh! Real blood, like my blood, not like you know what I'm saying. Like
3: blood, as in what you sacrifice.
2: Right, exactly. And that's the thing is that you know, Steve. Speaking of (sighs) blood, sometimes in my case, listen, I'm not. I'm all jumbled up because here's the deal: I feel I may have made a mistake. (laughs) Do you remember the portal? Uh huh. Do you remember the portal? Yeah. The portal doesn't even work anymore, and. Uh, things have changed. I, I told you, I didn't sign my name, but I did drop blood onto the contract. And it seems now that things are a little bit out of my control. He took away the portal. Um, he's not quite as friendly to me as he used to be. And I'm not going to say what I, what I was threatened with, but if I didn't give him your number, he said he wasn't really going to use it unless it was necessary. But that, you know, what's, what's really deemed necessary when you're the dark Lord.
0: He just texts saying he's, how is he hearing our conversation? I, well, that's the thing I didn't really
2: tell you is that
0: Oh, great! What well, else? there's no portal
2: anymore, but I'm still able to communicate with them. But now I kind of have to go into a place to do it. So it's kind of like substituting. <sighs> like it's, it's mostly giving up most of my body and mind. Basically, I'm getting possessed temporarily. That's how it works now. And I'm sorry. Well, um, I regret it. Gail hates it. I mean, it comes up at the most <sighs> inopportune times. We could be sitting around. We I were bet. at Applebee's one night uh-huh. and I was just trying to enjoy my baby back ribs. And uh, sorry, guys. I know that's probably gross to you guys. Chilies. Yeah. Oh, that was Chili, Sorry. See, I'm all confused. But no, Applebee's, <laughs> Applebee's oh, has food. They just, but I, I like their, their song better. Chili's has a better song. Uh-huh. I'm Just trying okay. to enjoy them. And, and all of a sudden, she comes up to me, the waitress, and she's like, hey, can I get you anything else? And my eyes roll back. My nose starts bleeding. And the next thing I know, I wake up and we're getting 86 from Applebee's. And I don't know. Gail's still pissed off at me. You didn't
0: tell me any of this. Well, I try, it's embarrassing. You know, you don't want to. You try
2: to keep well, the dirt to yourself.
0: He's texting me saying he wants to talk to Daniel immediately. I hope he's not available.
2: It would be nice if he texted me, right? Being that I have to be the vessel for all this bullshit, Daniel. Like, I don't want to insult my guests and say no. So. You can. <laughs> you know, I can't say no to anything, Steve. All right. I all just right. got a. T- I just got a text saying you can't. <sighs> okay. Never all mind. Right. All right. All right. You guys yeah. got to give me a second here. My nose is going to start oh, yeah, bleeding. Let me, where's my... <laughs>
3: right. What's wild is he's answering... You're answering the Dark Lord's text messages, but not mine. That's wild.
2: Oh! Okay, Daniel, <laughs> please. Just a second, Please. A little, Just just give me a little respect. I got to get into the right mind frame. I mean, you've been talking all goddamn episode, Daniel. Just give I'm me a so second. Sorry. I got to get into this here.
3: I'm so sorry. All right. doing this and my...
5: <laughs> Who dares awaken the Prince of Darkness? Who has stepped into my lair? Who calls on the angel of death? Satanus. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys, what's going on? Hey, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even buy into my own bullshit anymore. <laughs> Yo. How's it going, guys? Whew. Uh I I mean, admitted I got you for a second, I did.
0: You you I mean, cause you texted me and we didn't actually call on you. <laughs> but um look, you said you wanted to talk to Daniel, bro. Yeah, real quick, uh, bro Steve, real
5: quick. Uh just yeah, so we don't really uh-huh. incriminate Dan too much, because he's doing enough as it is right now. You should see the way this guy looks. He's got drool coming out of his mouth. It's pretty ridiculous. But I do know a guy at AT&T, and that's how I got your number.
0: Um if you could do a favor and not uh not text Daniel like our guest, it would be nice. But I I can't really stop you from doing that sort of thing, well, but from that? now You've, on
5: I've got Daniel already. He's he's in my possession. Oh, okay. oh here there's okay. another Daniel.
0: Yeah, we're D square today. Oh,
5: D square. Got it. Hey, okay.
0: You like what I did there?
5: No, not really, but that's okay. I mean, okay, I have told yeah, a lot fair. of bad ones too. <laughs> okay. Okay, <laughs> you know?
0: okay. Well, you wanted to talk to Daniel. Here he is, uh, the the lead singer, Farouk, music extraordinaire, Daniel the Dark Lord.
5: Daniel, how you doing, man? Look, looks like it's time. It's time to talk to you, right? You <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there?
3: Wow. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit starstruck, man. Oh, yeah.
5: You've been following my work?
3: Not my choice, but it seems like you pop up everywhere that I've been. So You know, I, I stay mean-
5: busy. You gotta. What did they? What's that? What they say? You, you, you gotta stay ready. Right? I'm trying to talk yeah. the hip hop lingo. I don't really listen to that stuff. I'm more of a. Uh, I like Mel Tillis and Garth Brooks, and uh, really, really into Shania Twain.
3: I figured you'd have friends in low places. <laughs> Seriously. <what> <laughs> see, that's how it's done. That's how it's done, Steve. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> that's how it's I'm gonna go ahead and
5: exit. looked at the chair. That one. He said, "I've got friends in low places." I know, right? <laughs> like he's going he writes songs. Any <laughs> That's fucking great, I like him all right. Sorry about that, I had to talk to my buddy real quick. All right. Yeah, so listen, I'm gonna tell you something. I don't I don't have Apple music, we don't get any of that stuff down here. Most of the time I have to just get into Dan's head to listen to this stuff. So about three o'clock in the morning, I went through your entire catalog. It's it's fucking wow. brilliant. I just wanna tell you that's fantastic. Really. But I do have a question for you, this is the reason that I reached out to Steve. Why not worship me and sing about me? I mean, the music sounds pretty aggressive. Kind of evil, some of it, really. I mean, whether you think so or not, trust me, Junior. I've been doing this shit a long time. There's definitely essences of evil. I'm curious why you choose not to embrace the Dark Lord. And maybe, you know, we can work something out together. Like, make a sh- you know. I, I think I need to be on a t-shirt, is what I'm saying.
3: I'm, man, I like I said, I'm humbled by you reaching out. Especially since... You're from a book that I didn't even think made sense. You are the bad guy of a book where the good guy doesn't show up in real life, but they're all following the good guy. So now the bad guy shows up?
5: Well, I thought it was time. See, I did it (sighs) again.
3: You're killing me, man. (laughs) This is wild. steve
5: Uh, steve you're a little quiet over there, buddy. Are you afraid again?
0: I'm, I'm enjoying... You are actually... Pretty funny. This, I mean, I've counted two good jokes coming from the Dark Lord. I'm impressed. I've been working How?
5: out, been working out my brain.
0: I believe that. I believe, I mean, you're killing it.
3: You are killing it. I've been so on this entire podcast, and at this moment, I'm taking a back. Yeah, this he's a little true.
5: mum's the word now. I mean, I, you did say, Steve, that he was going to be just chatter, chatter, and talk himself. I really wanted to hear about the Farouk thing, and I, I heard a little bit of it. I was occupying Dan's brain. But at the same okay. time, I'm also getting some material because I got Sam Kinison down here. You actually write some of these mm-hmm. jokes for me. It's great. Oh. He's like, ah, ah! he does that, I remember him. <laughs> He's like
0: <laughs> Well here, here's the pro what what other um, I've always wondered this. Is uh is Hendrix there?
5: No, 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 no. He's on his own. Wow. He's on his own, man. I don't know. I, it's funny that you bring that up because we were just cleaning out the seventh circle of hell is almost functional again. But then, of course, my buddy coronavirus up there doing the most. Killing. Yeah, he's he- literally killing a whole bunch of people. So I had to actually stop. And I had to. I put a whole bunch of evil into the seventh circle of hell. And it turns out it was all wasted evil. So we're back to a file room again. Anyway, I'm looking at some things. <laughs> and I... Um, Pulled up in the, in, the, in the back section, we have this old area for the club, the 27 Club. Have you guys heard of the 27 Club? I have. Yeah, we've got we've got Janice down here. We've got Jim down here. Uh, Cobain down here.
0: Wow. Cobain's there. Yeah, well,
5: I was on a technicality. You know what I mean? He was actually oh, a pretty good guy, wow. but he broke the rules and like, boom, now you're mine.
0: That's unfortunate. Oh, so if you kill, it's automatic there with a shotgun. Oh
5: yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Does the bullet heal? Bullet bullet one healed, or do they look? They no, look no, brand new. He's all fucked
5: up looking. It's, it's terrible. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus! Shit. Yeah, he looks his, Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, his that's face looks like. Uh, you know what he looks like? You're, you guys watch that show Stranger Things?
1: Yes. I do. Yeah, you know yes, the Demogorgon
5: Morgan when he opens up his, his opens oh, up his face. No. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Lie. Well, the. the oh.
1: Oh my God. The
5: other came to me. They said, hey, we have this idea. You got anything? <laughs> we really want to make something look crazy, right? I'm like, crazy. You're talking to the man, of course. So I pulled out the El Cobain picture. I'm <gasps> like, that's it. That's it right there.
1: Holy crap.
5: Yeah, it looks like a sunflower.
0: Dark Lord, that was dark for you.
5: It looks like a sunflower <laughs> or uh, like if you, like maybe if you took a, uh, an artichoke and then you just like press it onto a table and then like held it up. Like, hey, look what I did. Yeah, that's what Keep going. Like. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, he looks like a uh he looks like a cat's asshole, basically. <laughs> just a bunch of weird tissue everywhere and then a hole in the center. It's great. And he, but he talks though. That is Yeah. He's still he's still able to belt it out though.
0: Oh, has he given concerts down there? Um
5: I don't know if I'd call it a concert. Sometimes wow. I just call on people to Amuse me. I get on my bullshit every once in a while and I like to do you it. Know, Look at me. I'm the Dark Lord. Uh-huh. You know, they, they like that shit. Every once in a while, you got to throw them a bone. So every once okay. in a while, I'll call on these people, much like a king would call a court jester and I'd be like, play for me. Play for me. Okay. So wow. he does that. Except, I mean, it still sounds good. It's just a... Oh, no,
3: don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no. So Jesus. you decided to to pull up a catalog that I participated in. As some of your entertainment between listening to Cobain sing as oh, yeah. Yeah. At, like that you decided to, But you were looking for a shout out.
5: Well, here's the deal, man. I really like your last album. The other two, I gotta be honest with you, if it was me, i probably changed a couple of things, but you do you. This album here now is Heat. I like okay, you understand why I like the title. Heat me it's I am the, album hell. Cover. I am the, the prince the of darkness, on it. perhaps it's self-serving, but hey, what have you. I'm the prince of fucking darkness, man. What do you think? No, I think I liked your album cover because it looked very much like the portal that we used to use. I like wow. this better though now, guys. Uh, hold on a second here. Hold on. Uh,
0: I can't do this much longer, guys. So please just wrap okay, up. Okay, I got one more question oh, for him and I oh. promise I'll be done.
3: Holy shit.
0: I got a question. Yeah, anything. And then we're going to let Dan come back.
5: I know I didn't really talk to you too much, Dan, but if it's okay with you, I'm going to keep talking to Daniel here for a second. It gets confusing with the two D's. Please, no, please, please. I just wanted to say real quick, Daniel, that uh, I think you're a very talented human being. Perhaps one day we could just meet in private. And uh, I know you you were talking about record labels and such, but uh, let's just say I'm a man of means, and I know a lot of people, and maybe we could work together. You just have to sign this contract and... We, we can make things happen for you, buddy.
3: That is terrifyingly intriguing.
5: Just takes a little bit of your blood. That's it. A little bit of blood. Some chance. Uh, have you ever killed a goat before?
0: Oh, that's... Uh, well, a problem.
3: That's
5: the, that's the problem. <laughs> it's a conflict of interest. I understand. But sometimes you got to get your hands dirty if you want to play in the mud.
3: You notice you call for my blood. No flinch. No flinch. You call for my blood. No flinch. You call for an innocent goat's blood. Now I'm speaking.
5: What if we took a piece of tofu and filled it with goat's blood? We'll do the work. You don't got to get your hands dirty. And then you just, we'll shape it like a goat. And then you just cut that and let the, the goat's blood run mm. from the, the tofu neck. I'm trying to work mm. with you, dude.
3: I really, I, you have you know how many goats I've met, dude? I've met more goats than Dark Lords how oh, dare that's... you insult the dark lord oh no <laughs> i'm just fucking with you <laughs> he offered me a shot and i and i declined it
5: nah i'm just kidding i like to kid
0: hey hey daniel you only get one shot so don't miss your chance to blow
3: see and i'm not the blowing type so maybe this okay. this deal is for others i got that
5: reference steve <laughs> mom's spaghetti <laughs> mom's spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> I think about that light all the time. Could you imagine? You're sitting there. You're trying to. It must have been hot on stage. The lights are on him, and all suddenly you got mom spaghetti all over you. <laughs> That's a great. You business.
3: really got a kick out of I that. I really okay. love
5: it. Well, I like spaghetti. And well, think that someone I don't want to would throw turn it up.
3: down the, the Dark Lord. You kind of can't.
5: It's true. You I really mean,
3: really I feel I feel like I'm I'm not opposed to talking more.
5: Okay. Well, there we go. Well, we'll work out the That's details fair. later. I'm just gonna have to ask that maybe you. Well, will tell you what. I'm gonna make you a one-time deal. When you're done with this episode, all you gotta do is go out into your garage, open up your water heater door. We're gonna go ahead and reinstate the portal just for you. I know how you are. I'm gonna cut out the goat shit and all that stuff. I think you got talent, kid. And I'm ready to own you. I mean, I'm ready to support you.
3: Here's what I'll counter-offer. Steve knows I don't lay down for nobody. I'm gonna secretly shout you out and you'll hear it. Actually, if you listen to some of our other records, not at 3 a.m., not with the mumbling of Kurt Cobain over you, you may find something.
0: Oh, I hear that. There we go. You got to do your Perry Mason.
3: Count syllables.
5: You realize you're talking to the fucking Dark Lord. You think I got time for that kid? I've been
3: studying you, homie. I've been studying you, big homie. I'm trying to get on. I'm trying to soak up gang.
5: Who is this guy, Steve?
0: Well, then go to the water heater closet then, Daniel. Go to the water heater closet.
5: It's only going to be open for 24 hours. After that, back to the goat. That's the only way. Think about it, kid. I'm just telling you, you got talent. I like where you're going. And I could have you literally being the president of the United States within five years.
3: I'm not going to say no, but I am going to tell you that my water heater is on the side of the house. Not in the garage.
0: There it is. Garage.
5: Whose house am I looking at? What is this fucking Google Maps shit, anyway? (laughs) <laughs> no, i yeah, 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 yeah. No, sorry. I had the guy next door to you. We're good. We're good. I see it.
0: All right. Good. We have a range thing. We have.
5: Yeah. Uh, right. And I just asked that you, that Farouk makes a t-shirt with some form, like it could be really small. Maybe it's a flame that kind of looks like a demon, but I want it to look like me. So I'm going to go ahead and send you a five by seven. And I'll also send you an eight by ten. And you can choose either one, but those are my headshots. They're a little dated. I have less hair now, and my horns are a little bit bigger, but these are all from like 1986.
3: When,
5: when you started the deal. Well, it's just it's a weird thing. I used to be friends with John Ritter, and it was before he passed, and he knew a guy. Wow. He knew a guy, so we went in on it and we both got headshots. That's all. That's really all there is to it.
0: Oh, and I imagine it was just you two because
5: three's company. Wow. <laughs> That's my kind of humor right there, buddy.
3: It only took him two and a half hours. He's on. He's on. We can get started now.
5: All right, you guys, I gotta get out of here. Seriously, this kid's ready to go. Right. He's okay. gonna fucking explode okay. if I don't give him his body back.
3: It's been an honor. Okay.
5: Uh by the way, I'm still trying to work on this podcast thing, so if I can ever if you would allow me to maybe play a Farouk song or two, I wanna make show.
3: Done. I c I can't tell the dog Lord no. All
5: those heroes and noise listeners out there were still looking for a name for the show. I still like Satan cast. Everyone tells me that it's a terrible name. Alright, subjects Ooh. of hell. Alright. We're out of here. I'm out of here. I gotta go. Later. I got a building to to blow up somewhere in, uh, in Afghanistan. Alright, guys, see you later.
0: Whoa. <laughs> That's a lot going on over there you missed out dan (laughs) what happened (coughs) you missed out oh my god i'm sweating i'm covered in blood that's what she said all right did i miss anything uh no you are you are totally fine uh it's just pretty much daniel uh sold his soul to the devil without knowing it
2: i don't know why but i really want to listen to nirvana right now is that weird
0: uh and watch stranger things i imagine
2: um yeah it's a great show i don't know what you're talking about but anyway i'm sorry okay. I feel, I feel, i'm i'm disoriented daniel it's back to you steve where are we at here are we doing okay on time buddy i'm all ladies and planning. gentlemen
0: we're about we have to get out oh of here but before we leave i just want to say daniel thank you for coming on it can't be the last time man because i have a lot more hip-hop to debate with we you. Should about. Pro-
3: we should probably segment these or something at some point because we can jump we can go
0: Oh, for sure, dude. Listen, I mean, I still need you on the podcast for the Eminem thing. We could jump so hard I'm gonna turn your clothes you.
3: backwards for sure,
0: like crisscross. Now you totally crossed out like you. crisscross. I got you. Wow. Oh, that was my line on that song to totally cross out the crisscross. <laughs> What's, that was my jam. Anyway,
2: um, I'd have to say uh, this was a great show for me because it was nice listening to you guys catch up or talk about the old days, how you got. To know each other honestly, I took a back seat and I just listened the whole time. I loved it. I thought it was great. Daniel, I think you're a great guest, man, and you're welcome back anytime.
3: I I'd be honored to come back. Literally, I got this set up now, man. Like we're rolling. You guys w- may not be able to get rid of me. Like, you're
2: in podcast mode.
3: I like it. Well, I mean, you know, uh, I f- I feel like I've lost a little bit of blood.
2: <laughs> you're telling me,
3: uh, yeah. And you so you probably have, yeah. I I don't know w- what I have control over now when it comes to what I'm doing with this microphone and this podcasting setup here. So Look. I'd be happy to come back anytime. And if you guys want to call me, just tell me what time and I can come back.
2: We appreciate this and we're going to accept your offer, sir. Oh, okay. Is he okay, man? What is, is he okay, Steve? He's, he's acting He
0: doesn't seem... Hold I think on, I'm going to mute him real quick. More. Hold on. Yeah.
2: I'm going to mute me okay. and you, so all all right. only it's us. Okay. Sorry, all Daniel. Right. We'll be right back. Okay. What's going on with him?
0: Yeah, he gave us He was the, just the all like whole he whole was on thing. point
2: the entire yeah. time. Like telling no, story just, after story, making me laugh and shit, talking about philosophy and his 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 philosophy online. And then I come back and now he's like a, a mess. What's going on?
0: I don't want to take too long cuz I'm being rude. No, what happened was uh the devil said, "Will you meet me in a portal?" And he said no the first time, but the second time... T- hold, hold, hold up, hold up. The Dark Lord offered him a portal? Yes, and and Daniel agreed. Okay. All right. And so it's, no, it's I mean, cool form. for Daniel. You do what you got to do.
2: Yeah. I, you can't hear me. Hold on. All right, Daniel. So I'm caught back up now. Uh, you do what you got to do, buddy,
4: but you have a portal. Um, It is getting a little
3: weird here. Yeah. And Yeah. Yeah. You're telling me. I, I visited the side of my house recently. And visited? I, I, yeah. Like, I I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, it's a hundred and something <laughs> degrees out, but, uh-huh. but I went out and just needed to check on my water heater
2: as you, as and, one does in the summer
3: yeah and <laughs> then you know from then like i feel like i'm missing a scene like scene missing yeah but we're wrapping up this yeah. show and you guys are stoked and i'm stoked so i don't see a problem really i, I really don't see a problem at all so like it, yeah like whatever like like i trust you guys like you know yeah, you're fine you guys are like blood to me so yeah. like i trust you guys so like a lot, of, a lot of blood lot talk of, you yeah, know what i'm
2: confused a little bit i'm gonna have to go and listen to the playback because i really don't know what's going on with you daniel no
3: offense i don't want to <laughs> no, offend you know, i
2: don't want to offend you i don't want
3: to I feel like this has been a great podcast so like whatever happens from here is dope too okay of course
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. of
3: course all right i guess we should well, <laughs> probably wrap it up there then yeah
0: ladies and gentlemen the next voices you're going to be hearing is dan daniel the man and his music love you guys peace out
2: yes let's take us out all right Daniel. You did a great job, man. I like you on the show. I love your fucking music. And of course, we're going to play two more songs, guys, after the show ends. So stick around for those. But for the people that are now interested, now fans of Farouk, fans of Daniel, where can they find you?
3: Um, Facebook.com slash Farouk Mosh, F A R O O Q M O S H. Actually, that's the same handle as you will find on Instagram and Twitter as well. And if you just uh, Google search Farouk, F A R O O Q, Fresno. You'll find everything on there for that. You could also go to GlacierRecordings.com and find that real good stuff for for Farouk there. GlacierRecordings.com is the spot, the number one spot to find everything Farouk.
2: You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe not first, but you heard it on here, and that counts, right? We'll take it. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on, man. Like I told you, anytime you want to come back, feel free. As for me, you guys are stuck with me. It's my show. Me and Steve, we run this show. We are the Heroes of Noise. My name is Dan Ramirez. Daniel Dominguez and Steve Hudson. And uh, apparently Satan did I I don't know what Satan said. I'm going to listen to that on the way back. So whatever he said, just realize it's just coming through me, but it's not necessarily my words. I'm done giving explanations. Be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace. <laughs>
1: Save me from this shit today Feeling nothing won't save me From this pain Fuck What if everything in life was fair? What if I didn't fucking care? Feeling nothing could save me Feeling nothing won't save me I'm so excited history.
3: I hate that I don't have a native tongue.
1: I hate that I don't have a native tongue. You motherfuckers bastardize the life you claim. Manifest racist Americans. I'll sit down, keep my head on. Such a careless infestation of leeches Justifying each murder In Greek government sponsored speeches And now we're in this goddamn mess How do I go back to where I'm from? Where the fuck you from, fool? Shit, you know? Shit, I'm from a place where we earn what we got and my biggest fear out here is getting burned by the cops You gotta learn how to talk And know when to stop On top of that they tripping off On the wrong ones or get you popped I'm glad you played play. Man of this Irrigate What kind of fucked up God But bless so many ships Full of murderers